0: Come on and join me on the B-side
1: When movie stars that weren't in their prime made all the movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna
0: like it on the B-side Cause you got Dan and Carter by your
2: side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The B-Side for the Film Stage. Uh, as always, I'm Dan Mecca here with Connor O'Donnell. Connor, we're going down south uh, today. We are. Uh, we're going
1: to Arkansas, I believe.
3: Right. Well, and we can get into is that, it. I mean, that's this where he's is, from,
1: right? Arkansas? Yeah, yeah. but he's he from Arkansas. Yeah. There's
3: so much L.A., though, that, that sure. has to be... <laughs> um, discuss but um so Billy Bob Thornton is is the man of the hour our subject for today and our esteemed guest returning guest uh we hope to have him back again we talked Kevin Costner with him we we so his name the guest writer director producer Nicholas Gray from Uncompromised Creative but let me just say what I like about what we're doing Nicholas with you and the people you come on to talk about is it's like these very american masculine men who like really contribute to this like modern like like um late capitalist like mythos that's like very feels very specific so costner Billy Bob, Wait,
2: what's are, are you going on a sample size of two for this <laughs> pattern? <laughs> what
3: would be, but here's my thing what would be three though? I, right. found... yeah, like what, complete... Kurt Russell, Kurt, yeah, Kurt's interesting. Yeah. Definitely, we, we haven't done it, and I guess he would count. Bridges? I'm trying bridges, to... bridges is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt and bridges are very good, like interesting ones.
1: Yeah, I guess the, I'm trying to think of I'm a also better like, example. Go, like, I'm, I'm going through my brain of like, uh, you know, Taylor Sheridan collaborators, too. I feel like
2: it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I think that uh, one of the things we talked about with Costner is how spectacularly he fails when he is trying to be a mythical hero and how much he succeeds when he's an everyman right. or a loser. And I think that there's some similar ground here with Billy Bob.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, that's what well I said. Let me just quickly, because we have a lot of B-sides today... <clears throat> We're ambitious. So so we got Homegrown, Daddy and Them, Waking Up in Reno, The Badge, Levity, Crystal, and Jane Mansfield's Car. Now, Billy Bob directed Jane Mansfield's Car and Daddy and Them himself. Um, and I believe took screenplay credit on both those two. And um, we'll certainly kind of talk in a larger sense about Billy Bob and his career. But I guess... Just to jump into it, Nicholas, you yes, had sir. wanted to do Billy Bob. We had been talking to you. You know, what is it about Billy Bob that like catches your
2: fancy, interests you, what have you? Oh, man. Uh, the, well, this is going to get even more supersized now. Like, legitimately, he's one of my creative heroes. Um, he is so unapologetically himself. Um, yeah. And not to say that he doesn't have range. I think for a man that has uh, limited physical changes he sure. has an incredible amount of range as an actor um
3: that hair though that hair changes
2: <laughs> well the, the toupee I changes let's be clear you
3: know what that's one of the things i love about it the most anyway sorry keep going
2: uh no it's, um he he's not gonna try and um he, he's never gonna show up without that accent like he's right. he's gonna bring he he feels more lived in in any of his roles than almost any actor I can think of, that he just kind of settles in, and the reality of the situation is, it, he feels almost like a, a background person, uh, he feels like somebody wandered into the background of a movie with other stars, and was just really that person, they're like, oh, we gotta get this guy at the gas station some screen right. time, he's great. Right. Sure. And he just knows how to settle into, all right, this is my world, I'm gonna bring you to it, mm. not I'm gonna try and move to your world, and I, he's yeah. really tremendous.
3: and i was gonna say and daddy and them and jane mansfield's car um you see a lot of what you're talking about like he's he's directing it It, they're they're, they are his movies you know and he is gonna take his time and tell his story right and and i think i i on on a macro level i like it right and i like that that's what he's doing i think i think certainly Things get a little laborious in certain points, but I think it all comes from it's all part and pos it's all part and parcel from the same place. And I think to to your point, what I couldn't get out of my head because I've always been fascinated with Billy Bob as well. Um, you know, you're now Nicholas. Correct me here. Where remind me where are you from in the world? Kentucky. Like, okay, so I, I I would imagine is it safe to say that you have some sort of like you feel some sort of a kinship with Billy Bob just because you can understand more where he's coming from, even if it's way, way different. Arkansas is way different from Kentucky or is that, is that reaching too far? You think?
2: No, it's not reaching too far. I think, um, you know, I think any group that gets uh, painted with a broad brushstroke appreciates when somebody understands the nuances and details of culture because Arkansas is not Texas is not Florida is not North Carolina, right? Sure. Yeah, um, even but parts it, of Texas are not other parts of te- you know like yeah yeah man, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly, um, but they can all get lumped together sometimes in the cultural zeitgeist, especially if, you know if you're in New York and uh, everything east of everything west of the Hudson is basically flyover country. Right. Billy Bob's authenticity rings out so clearly that he makes the people around him seem very fake. Sure. And it's uh, sure. interesting. Yeah. I think even as an actor you can see him in a scene where he's working with like um like Kelly Lynch who's not a fantastic actress. Yeah, sure. And every time she speaks he looks at her like what the hell just came out of your mouth? And his his willingness and confidence to live in the reality of that moment like I don't believe a word you said but I'm going to have to answer you is Yeah. It makes a scene come alive that could otherwise feel very two dimensional. Yeah.
1: What, what was your first Billy Bob? Like, what was the movie that you oh, saw? Okay,
2: sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. Which, just quick context, right? So Billy Bob, he's from Hot Springs, Arkansas. He's sixty-seven as we record this. Um, though he was in L.A. for all of the '80s as like a struggling actor slash creative person, right? So
2: uh, he was in Tombstone.
3: Right, so the late 80s, so the late eighties, he starts getting in things. Right, he gets on. Um, he credits Burt Reynolds for uh, some of his career, early career success because he got on Evening Shade for like a little, you know, cup of coffee. He um, he sells a couple scripts. Um, he is in and writes the Carl Franklin kind of neo-noir, now considered, it's a, rightfully oh, so, masterpiece, masterpiece, One False Move. Yeah. I um, take it
2: back. That's the first time yeah, I ever saw the right now. One False Move, yeah.
3: Right, he marries Cinda Williams, who's the female lead in the movie. They're married for a couple of years. He's been married a lot of times. Um. He does that. He's like the Henry VIII of Arkansas. <laughs> a little bit. And,
2: and he... um.
3: So he'd been around for a while is the point, right? He's Like you said, he's in Tombstone. He's in a lot of things. He just shows up, what have you. But then he, the big moment, and then really was like a cultural moment for many years. Like to the point I was I was saying to Connor, he, his SNL opening in 01 was like all Sling Blade references, right? So like that's five years after that movie came out, right? Like so Sling Blade comes out and it's this like, you know, man from the low country story. It's like, who's this guy? He's doing this crazy, ca- you know, this really crazy character, this voice, Um, you know, kind of, that was a movie he would go on late night shows and be like, oh, the you know, the barber in the movie is just the barber. You know, like we, he was the barber of that town. Like, you know, he would... Oh, that's my, my friend is in the movie just because he's my friend. And I've no, you're right, he had a lot of those stories. I,
2: I got Dwight Yoakum in there because Dwight he was going to Yo- play right. with our string band and we wanted the yeah. string band to be in the movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a, he, and he had this charm, this, like, to your point, this very, like, kind of modern, like, Faulkner-adjacent, like, you know, Faulkner for, like, Faulkner for the Reality Bites fans type of a thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? It was like, you know, Gen X, right? It was like a I Gen... I like it. That's, you know, that's
2: the Hollywood math on Billy Bob Thornton is I mean, Faulkner meets Reality Bites. That's yeah,
0: kind
3: of what he is. I mean, I was really trying to, like, put the equation there, and it's really, like, to your point, the, the, the coolest thing about Billy Bob is he's, like, one of the only stars that we have who re- who would remind you of the stars we had in the seventies where like Elliot Gould could be a big star to yeah, your point yeah. where it's like people could be stars who just could also be, be like sitting at the bar. And they can be a little,
1: they can be a little off kilter and oh, weird. Sure, and, yeah. and, and granted like that, and, that comfortability and confidence I think is key to it. Cause like, you know, Brittany and I were, you know, we, I started my prep with this uh, rewatching man who wasn't there and yeah. we were, you know, we were talking about it, which like we were kind of speculating like that might be the most like clean cut handsome he's ever been in a movie because he's, you know, he's got a look about him. Right. The dude does not have like marquee movie star looks and he's, stri- he's striking and I, but I but I think part of the like appeal is like I, I mean, just you know, I can't really think of another parlance for it, but like he's got big dick energy, right? Like he's just got he like does. he's got like a swagger to him that you're like, yeah, I don't know, I believe everything this guy's gonna tell me, hundred yeah. percent, just because he's got he's got like this. Look, he's uh, one of the best. I mean, this him. is.
3: I don't think he's a big fan of this movie or, or his performance in it I mean and God knows this isn't a B-side he's one of the best parts of Armageddon because it's I've like I rewatched that he last. is I yeah. rewatched he's that last night and he's, he's so
1: crucial to that movie I know he's, he's
3: like, like he's Roger exposition machine yeah, yes you know and, but comma he, NASA but to be and able he's to ama- deliver, he's amazing in it, it, it right yeah, it's, it's like, it, you know.
1: like it, I feel like people should study that movie for exposition because like, right. 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 It's not really, it's not like other movies exposition where it's not, you know, you don't fold it into something else. Like it's, it's there. It's like normal exposition you'd see in a big blockbuster, but when it's him delivering it it with, with that level of authenticity, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. I fucking believe everything this guy is, is saying. And it's, he has has a
2: remarkable gift. Um, or, or yeah gift is always i feel like that robs somebody he has a remarkable skill um,
3: yeah, well said.
2: yeah, yeah that's good for um being aware of what his character cares about and understanding that it frequently is not what's going on in the scene sure yeah, yeah. and it his um his willingness to commit to that mm. to if my character wants to get away from you he doesn't care how much 35 lines in the scene, he will spend every one of them trying to get away from you. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his commitment to that, like, what doesn't my character care about, gives him part of that authenticity.
3: I was going to say, you know, this is... Uh, let's use this as a, a, a kind of an interesting segue into our first film, which we, we don't need to... I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on. It's, it's Homegrown, right, which came out in 98, right, Connor? Yep. Uh, Stephen Gyllenhaal movie. Um, uh, it's like a pot... Thriller. It's like a, it's like a reefer. Some
1: would say it's a thriller. pot boiler.
3: Wow. Oh, wow. And it's uh, I'll, the quick. I'll see myself. The, the really. Rea- so Connor's gone now. It's just me and Nicholas talking. You no. Know, um. The quick. The quick. Quick. Quick, <laughs> quick. Synopsis is. Uh. You have these kind of three. You know, three dumbasses who run a a weed farm of sorts for John Lithgow, right? Who has connections with you know syndicates of of nefarious you know nature and the three dumbasses are billy bob thornton um hank azaria and ryan uh, philby ryan philby young ryan philby and basically first scene in the movie lithgow is assassinated they see him get killed and nothing really happens in the ensuing chaos of that they realize they can kind of take over the selling of the weed and the running of the weed farm um, for a little bit of a profit. It kind of it quickly spins out of control. Kelly Lynch is like
2: It's not for a little bit of profit. They go from being, well, hey, we're we're on salary to tend to this to well, oh, we yeah. can take yeah, it like to three, three, three million dollars. So. I just
3: mean like it goes from like they make one deal that goes okay, and then it's like it's like a yes. very noir, yeah. right? It's very like the setup is very the escalation is very kind of traditional. So and then so so basically that's the rest of the plot is basically they get in in this situation where you have these kind of you know lithgow it turns out has a twin brother who's like he, he's looking for what happened to my brother he, he's aware of kind of uh at least some of his dealings john bon jovi is in this movie this was when look this is when johnny bon jovi was in movies he was in in eddie burns movie right. he was in u571 he was in, hey, he was in hey, pay it, it forward, forward baby <laughs> and look john uh look New Jersey's second son, right? So let's, you know, whatever. But
2: Johnny... can we talk briefly about the people that did and did not try to do the accent?
0: <laughs> well, what,
2: yeah. Who tell me who they are? Honestly, well, cause... I mean, obviously, Billy Bob's doing the accent; he doesn't have a choice. Right. Ryan Phillippe can't do the accent; he doesn't have a choice. Um, I kind of liked Phillippe in this. He's, to be honest. he's,
1: I agree. Actually, I think he's sneakily kind of one of the. When he was, I think he he had,
3: you know, he was, you know, he's, he's never been a great actor, you know, you know, you would say, but, but when he was young there and he was kind of in that cruel intentions pocket, he did have that, like, he's very representative of like that time of that, like that young man was 1998, right? It was like that, that, that hair, that like very thin face, like that was Hollywood. Hollywood was like. You, you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you notice how many of the compliments you give him have nothing to do with his acting choices, I, I, just no, his I, hair, what his wardrobe, his What I was
1: going to say is his hes he's one of those actors who I think excels when he's punching up. And I think... I think this movie's like that, right? I think Gosford Park, his best performance. It, 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 yeah, it, he's he's, way, he's amazing in that movie, and the whole joke because the whole joke in the movie he's it, he's a bad a actor, a bad actor, right? right exactly, which is that's exactly my point, and that's just perfect. Yeah. And again, the, this still is sort of a semi backhanded compliment because some of these some, some of these Cooper. are like some of these are like a little maybe a little more catered to what his strengths are, but you know, between like this, Way of the Gun, and Gosford Park, anytime he's someone who's like. Kind of the dummy in the room, <laughs> uh, he kind yeah he just sort of excels right. I think a little bit more because it, he feels a little more winning yeah I don't know
2: well but so so Billy Bob's doing the accent Ryan Phillippe's not doing the accent Kelly right. Lynch is not attempting the accent no yeah John Bon Jovi and Kelly Lynch, is not attempting God bless the her accent. is
1: given like. You, maybe the worst possible Nothing role to do yeah. a person's been
2: given in a movie in tw- twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, let's let, let's be clear they yeah. they did not give her much to work. Yes. with. Yes, no. Um They um, John Lithgow, of course, never is going to bother with it. But the interesting point is Hank Azaria, who um, is very good at accents. I was going to say, yeah, taking a lazy whiff at the ball.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I I liked seeing Azaria in basically like a co-lead role because it that's a rare yeah you don't see that a lot. but it's not a great yeah it's not a great fit and it's an interesting kind of uh you know this movie kind of you know it, it came and went didn't really get much of a release um like i said stephen Hall directed it who's you know father of jake and uh uh jake and maggie and who are both you know, in had, it yep yeah and 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 yeah, Maggie has Maggie's good in that one, the babysitter yeah, she Yeah, she's good yeah, in that. Role. That's
1: a good moment. Um You got a little Jamie Lee Curtis for your money too. For little your, like, ja- Jamie right. Lee is in two movies, right?
3: Um so I mean, look, here's the thing. I'll be honest, and Nicholas and Connor, feel free to kind of take over the conversation. I this movie didn't really work for me. It kind of lost me. By the end, it's a kind of a mess. I I, I kind of realized when you get into this world of like pot and like half of the jokes have to do with how high people are right when you get into this kind of general sub right which i like <laughs> those movies actually but but you're you're gonna lose me a little bit unless you know there's something else kind of essential going on and i just think this movie and i also thought billy bob who i generally love is a kind of a little uh, you know, he's, he's kind of walking through this one. It felt like to me. So I, but you guys take it over. <laughs> I and do tell think, me, I, tell
1: me if you disagree. I, the one thing I like about the movie, I bait overall, I, I agree. Like it doesn't really work for me, but in pieces, like one of the things I did like is I like anything that kind of, I like any screenplay that like opens up a microcosm a little bit. Right. Like, so, so one thing I do like about this movie is, is the sort of like, insider you know inside baseball it kind of plays with like growing weed like people who try to steal it from you like just different little things you you have to potentially contend with that you wouldn't necessarily think about and that that's the stuff that i like and that does feel like maybe that was the sort of germ of this screenplay right is like oh there's a whole industry around doing this like let's just make a movie about that. Right. And then with well, the minute it turns into like that post pulp fiction, pseudo Quentin Tarantino kind of thing of like, who's double crossing who and, and that kind of stuff. That's, that's where it loses me. I also think casting John Lithgow as your sort of inciting incident slash villain was, a, is a huge mistake because John Lithgow, to your point, Nicholas, is not gonna sound like anything other than John Lithgow. And you he's basically concealed for the first half of the movie when he played what's his initial character's name? It's um, um uh, Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm. Malcolm, right, yeah. is the is the drug dealer, right? And then it's home it's home it's homegrown. Malcolm, Roger Homegrown. Roger homegrown, right? And then Richard, <laughs> I think, is his brother. No, no, no. Robert Robert, thank you. So <laughs> see? <laughs> but no, but my point is like it, you know that Robert's going to come into play in some regard because we haven't really been shown Malcolm's
2: face, right? right? And you hear Robert on the phone, and you're like, you "No, know, well, we they're... see, we see, we see Malcolm's face in the very first scene, in yeah, the helicopter like, scene,
1: right? But it's like, it's like obscured, right? Like it's not like."
2: No, they, no, we see, we see Malcolm get shot. It's like directly shot. John Lithgow? Yeah, 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 we see that. Yeah, you see him. Yeah, you that's see him the, get bi- shot. That's why the big reveal when he when John Lithgow shows up and you're like, oh, they're twins. Right, I mean, it doesn't Which work I, though because I when you hear- Billy Bob delivering that exposition because he acted like, oh, we shouldn't be surprised. Like, right. this isn't a big reveal. He's like, Oh, I see. Y'all are twins. Yeah I, yeah. I
1: And that could be a thing that I, I'd be curious to know if, like, that was meant to be more of a reveal, but then they got Lithgow and maybe they realized, like... Well, Lithgow, that voice is so
3: distinct. That, that's it's what hard. I'm saying. Yeah. Like,
1: it, it gives its... You know, he kind of gives it away early in the movie. So, I don't know. It didn't really work for me as a thriller, but I what do... Did you, Nicholas, did you like it? What did yeah. you think? I...
2: I largely agree with Connor with one very important distinction, which is that um, I don't think they're prying open a microcosm. I don't think that's where they missed the boat here because they diff—they definitely missed the boat. This is – with this cast and this general plot outline, this should have been fucking amazing. Sure. Right. And instead, it kind of feels like, oh, oh yeah, I guess it happened. Um, but I think that that's because Billy Bob might be the only one that realizes that they're doing something closer to the lady killers – than they are sure. to the movie, to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. this is a story about three morons who are tr- who are in the middle of something that is so much bigger than they are. Right. That they're they're fighting over thousands of dollars in a multi-billion-dollar industry, and when they suddenly think they're big shots, they are way out of their league. And the more that you would embrace this in a Lebowski vein. Or, um, uh, oh brother, where art thou, vain? Where it's just three idiots who are in over their heads trying to do something they can't do, the the better it is. And I think that's where the casting broke down because Billy Bob is doing that, like him in his bathrobe and boxer shorts trying to have a gunfight, is hilarious. Sure. Um, Ryan Philippi only has one gear, and he that's that's what he's got, and and you know. I understand why, but Hank Azaria plays that role like it's going to be his sort of like leading man audition for future major roles. And he plays him as way more competent than an actor of his comedic chops normally would be inclined to do. And I wonder in my mind if that isn't him at that point in his career where he's been the sidekick and the comedic relief so many times – Getting a lead role in a movie where you're going to shoot guns and being like, hey, I need to play this as more competent because he had, one of the things that Hank does really well is he has uh, an almost Jason Bateman ish snide gear that he can go into. Mm-hmm. Right. Where he's smarter than you. Yeah. And he
3: knows it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he knows it and he he plays it to fantastic comedic effect in this movie, but it actually undermines the comedy of the film itself, which is about three idiots. Right. And yeah, that's that's, un- a, that's yeah. interesting.
3: Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. He's almost like playing above the movie or something.
2: right? Yeah, which and again, he gets so many good lines out of it, like so many great deliveries that you can't fault him for that choice. And it, it does feel a bit rudderless in terms of what the director did.
3: Tone-wise. Yeah, I mean Jillian Hall is an interesting director. I've seen a few of his movies. I think the best film I've seen of his is Waterland, which was a Jeremy Irons young Ethan Waterland movie. is the one
1: in LA and Waterworld is the one <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. Right. That was we... good, honestly.
3: I <laughs> was an honest, that was an honest laugh out loud. I was like, ah, that was good. Really funny. Um but I don't think yeah, I mean point being he's never like made a smash Right. I mean, I think he's, you know, he made Losing Isaiah with Jessica Lang and Halle Berry, which is kind of a provocative, you know, movie in the mid 90s. He made, um, you know, a couple of his, of his, uh, his now ex wifes scripts, um, uh, including uh, A Dangerous Woman with Deborah Winger. But, you know, kind of like smaller studio movies, you know, th- when, when they used to do those in the 90s. And this is kind of the end of that. Homegrown kind of came and went, like I said. Um, it's an interesting, you know... It's an interesting movie when you think about Billy Bob because this is really right after. So Sling Blade, like I said, Sling Blade is '96. That same year, a script he wrote called A Family Thing comes out, directed by Richard Pierce, which is kind of a nuts nutty movie where Robert Duvall and James Earl Jones play brothers. Um, uh, he, then he's in the next year with Duvall. He's he has a small role in. Duvall's Passion Project, The Apostle, right, which is a big deal. He's got that crazy little cameo in U-Turn, and then 98 is like-
2: (laughs) So uh, good in U-Turn.
3: Yeah, it's great. Uh, 98 is A Simple Plan, Homegrown, Primary Colors, and Armageddon, right? So it's like, this is like Billy Bob after Sling Blade, movie star, right? He's playing the James Carville role in the Mike Nichols movie, Primary Colors.
2: He steals the entire movie, Primary Colors, with one speech. He steals a, a significant chunk of Armageddon. Yeah. Um, I was going to say,
3: it. Emma Thompson steals some of it, too, but I agree with you. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's his, ha- I mean, his half of Armageddon is the better half of the movie. Right. And then- right.
3: Well, what I love, yeah. but without a doubt, one of my favorite things that movie does, you guys are laughing at me, at the end of the movie, it keeps like cutting when Bruce Willis is about to push it, and then it cuts- <laughs> to billy bob he's like push it <laughs> i always love because it's such a great audience like i think that's uh, n- well, not to go down the yeah Michael n- yeah not like to go down, down, the down the michael bay rabbit hole but i think you can criticize bay all you want but i think that is a great example of how bay is in in his way a genius of blockbuster because he knows it's like the whole audience is thinking that exact thought, and so you cut to the most pragmatic person in the movie saying, "Push it." It's it's smart filmmaking, and it's yeah. And it's but a, I
2: I don't think it works with another actor because Billy well, Bob's Bay knew like, what he had, you know. Bae yeah, Bae knew what he had. But, yeah, yeah, Just push the damn button. Yeah, yeah push <laughs> it. Yeah, push the button. Yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah. But so if you look at if you look at every movie you just named that year, those are all these fantastic turns, and then all of a sudden you got this one. And it's the yeah. last right. of our. It's the last of our Fat Billy Bobs right he really slims down
3: it's true he really slims down because the next year is a movie i actually really love um which we covered for Kate blanchett i believe uh, uh pushing tin a yep. movie i think yeah, yeah, is sure. very good and so anyway he writes the gift which sam Raimi directs which is very which is loosely based on his own mother was a psychic right which is mm-hmm. uh you know the gift is i love uh, that movie it's also capable it's also, is also blanchett? blanchett yeah yeah
2: yeah
3: who who is uh Who's playing kind of a an extreme version of of uh, good Keanu
2: Reeves performance? Good, good Katie Keanu Holmes Reeves. performance? Good Greg Kinnear performance? A
3: lot of it's a really it's I think it's a really uh, good movie actually. And so that same year, somewhat famously, all the pretty horses comes out such a <laughs> such a debacle. He vowed he'd never direct again. Right? It was such a yeah. nightmare with Harvey Weinstein and they basically take his 3 hour plus cut of one of one of my i mean i if i if you if you asked me to tell you my five most favorite books i've ever read without question all the pretty horses would be on it it is interesting it is a book that changed my life i've read many Cormac McCarthy books since. I will never read one as good as that book. I love it like deeply. It's like an important book in my life. That movie, I rewatched it like last year because I did this thing where it's like, you know, it must be uh, okay. I mean, the book is one (laughs) of the best things I've ever read. I have to rewatch it. There must be some of what Billy Bob did in there. And let me tell you, it is not. All right, so then, so this is kind of interesting. So it's a little confusing, but basically, right, our next movie is Daddy and Them, right? Yeah, yeah. What's funny is he made that movie around the time of Homegrown, right? Like Daddy and Them, he made in '98, and it was right off of Sling Blade, right? He could kind of do whatever he wanted, and so he got the money for Daddy and Them. But then what happened was, um, I think I think it was also I think it was still Miramax. They saw the cut and they were like, "This isn't very commercial. We're gonna hold it back." And then basically. Billy Bob himself has said that the the uh destructive nature and resulting kind of cacophony of all the pretty horses led to daddy and them never really coming out. They like dumped it onto Showtime in like 01.
2: Now so did, nobody... did Harvey take his scissors to uh to Daddy and them the same way he did all the pretty horses?
3: I don't think I don't think he cared. I think they just like I think they just buried it and then you know, because like Billy Bob, on more than one occasion, has mentioned like, like it was a movie nobody saw. like. He he was referencing he had a friendship with um, he had a friendship with Andy Griffith, who plays his father in Daddy and Them. Yeah, and he was like referencing the movies like I directed a movie that nobody saw because it really did not come out right, and so the movie gets some version of a release in 01. and um, it's. A family sock. It's like a family comedy in which him and Laura Dern are married, but he used to be with Kelly Preston, Laura Dern's sister, and that's kind of the inciting continuing incident of the whole movie. And then is it their mother dies? Right, Her, his mother dies. No, no, no. Is that what it his it is?
1: uncle who? Oh, his Jim Varney. Jim Varney, R. I. P. Jim Varney. Sorry, yeah, gets, Ernest himself. Right, right, Earned, right. Ernest goes to jail. Is what happens. Ernest, Ernest <laughs> and, goes um, to jail yes. And you know, so his uncle is basically accused of attempted murder by Walton Goggins. And that they then go, he goes to visit uh,
2: Daddy and Them with Laura Dern. Da-
1: Daddy and Them. So, yeah. <laughs> and
2: yeah. the fact that there's a TH in the title is kind of upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> There should be Daddy and
3: Em.
1: Yeah. Daddy, right. Daddy
3: and Em. Yeah, sure. yeah, like Ampersand,
2: Em, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, but basically they go, they sort of are there to kind of support Jim Varney because of what's happening. Jim Varney's M- last movie. Yeah. Meanwhile. Uh, Interesting fact. Meanwhile, that they, meanwhile, they are kind of whatever, just, you know, you get to sort of see all the inner workings of their different relationships uh, Diane Ladd plays Laura Dern's mother. Well, um, which she did, and, she did and, a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she she and Kelly Preston go with. So it's this kind of like. Coming together of families, drama ensues,
2: and uh, Jim- it's like
3: it's like funny long day's journey the night.
2: <laughs> I was about to compare it to Eugene O'Neill. There's it is like- it is a lot. Like if Eugene O'Neill wrote a sitcom, like, yeah.
3: that's like exactly what it feels
2: like to me.
1: Yeah,
3: it, I kind of like I kind of like it. I'll be I, honest. I I go I back and it.
1: forth on it because there are things that I think I have a hard time with just because of the way they come across, I suppose I don't know, but
3: see to me, this is what to me
1: both of his directed movies are gonna talk about.
3: I have issues with both of them certainly and criticisms. But I do they're think they're this... they're
1: very similar. Like I they're similar. Yeah. They're I similar. Talk about that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they're similar and they're but I think the coolest thing about them is they're weird. Right, and I think sure. if you can give Billy Bob credit for anything, and this is why it's a bummer we'll never see the all the all the pretty horses, yeah, the director's cut. That's a weird book. Like Cormac McCarthy, in a different, more gothic way, is also good at this, where he's good at capturing like, like peccadillos and like weird things yes. in like. And Look, so I are like
2: le- we're letting Scorsese release four hour movies now. I say release the, release the Thornton I, cut, dude. Yeah. Don't even get me started. I would. <laughs>
3: I would get all the trolls I could the get BB, and BBT buy all the cut. accounts.
2: Like yeah, the BBT
3: so, cut. What I like about Daddying and them and Jane Mansfield's card, but just talking about Daddying them, it's like it's very much like, you know, you know, like it's that Brenda Ble- <laughs> the Brenda then scene where she's the, and it's also like I think a very. Ripped from Billy Bob's life thing, right? Where there's this English
1: woman who's, oh, yeah. who's
2: married, she's Jim who, Varney's right. wife. Yeah. Right. That's and my g- favorite joke and, in the and movie.
1: Jim Varney and Jim yeah. Varney has estranged himself from the family. It's revealed that uh his wife, who is a shrink, they never specify whether or not the the one running joke in the movie is whether or not. Right, can can you drugs? Whether, yeah, yeah. Are you the drugs? one that
2: can prescribe and they don't, dope or not? They yeah. don't yeah. specify.
1: So we'll just say she's a shrink, right? And she, at there is a moment where she breaks down and she essentially. It, it's a good scene. And it's, I mean, it's a cathartic scene. And this is, and this is,
3: Blade Leathern had just been nominated for Secrets and Lies, yes. right? So it's like, she's also very much like in the pocket of like, yeah, she's like having a moment. 90s yeah. good actors, right? Who had a moment. Well, yeah.
2: And Laura, Laura Dern was just coming off Citizen Ruth right around then. Too, yes. right? Yeah. Exactly.
3: That's a good and, point. And they, they were engaged, they got engaged, yep. Dern, Dern and
1: Billy Bob. And I think um, I don't know. I th- I think that you know that scene works because it's cathartic, right? It's like a release for the audience because
3: it's another the entire moment, time you're right. just
1: watching everybody dance circles well, everybody's around each very other. Very mean, right? It's like I think I had mentioned to you, yeah. Nicholas, I think I don't know if you you hadn't watched it yet, but I had mentioned, and I don't love using this word, but I feel like it is really like what's on display here is like Laura Dern gives a very shrill performance in this, movie. In this movie. Certainly, yeah. And
2: but but it works in this role.
1: No, 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 it's because the movie acknowledges it, right? Like right. and because yeah. of the scene that we're talking about where it's like she just is kind of like, you're insane. Like why, like you, you keep sort of, you keep sort of flipping out over these things involving your sister that then leads to you blaming, you know, your husband for things when he's not even doing anything wrong. He's just oh, sort yeah, no, of she, she gets mad at the yeah.
2: EMT that helps him during a wreck yeah, because yeah. she's a woman.
1: And that just, I to me, I just kind of, as much as I, I think a lot of the jokes land and I think it works, there is like, I think, I think it gets long in the tooth with some of that stuff where like I started to kind of roll my eyes after a little while because of the ridiculousness of it
2: all, even though I know that that's the point. Like, yeah. Well, the, I will tell you that Daddy and them might have been the least enjoyable watch of the six movies. Yeah, that it's we're a doing. yeah, it's a t- it's like a hard watch. It's and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and see,
3: I liked it more than you guys. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's even that no, bad. No, no, no. I'm I'm no just Keep, saying saying keep going. Keep going. I just it's yeah. interesting. It's a, yeah, yeah. I think
3: this is an interesting batch of movies because I think you can take them different ways. Yeah,
2: but it, but it's funny because Jane Mansfield's car, which I'm going to try not to jump into too much right here. And Daddy and them are very similar yes. structurally. They yeah. are very Eugene O'Neill-esque. They are, look, there's there's something that's going to bring a bunch of people together. And then it's going to be kind of a tone poem about sure. this mixing of cultures and an underlying yeah. problem that nobody wants to talk about until we're finally ready to talk about it and there's catharsis. Yeah. And it's a very like, really like 1920s way of sure. uh, looking sure. at a story. Yeah. And I loved Jane's Manfield, Jane Mansfield's car. Well,
3: I was going to say there's you no c- there's no scene, and we don't, and we'll come back to it. There is no scene in Daddy and Them that is anywhere near as good as the last scene of Jane Mansfield's car. I thought was like, yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly, yeah. Uh, I and, mean, incre- incredibly well done. I thought
2: right, yeah. and but but in this one i i was so bored i was i mean really like i was like do i have to finish i do because i got to be able to talk about it but <laughs> i did not enjoy it and uh I'm, I'm not a particular laura dern fan and i told not i'm not you gotta you got you, <laughs> you, you mentioned that this to me bit. the other night and i had the same exact what's your problem is. with uh, with ld what's what's your deal um I mean, I, that's a whole she broke, other. Episode. She bro- She broke Baron
3: Davis's heart. So I, we can start there. No, I'm kidding. But no, what? What is? What? Give us like I'd... just give us two minutes on on Laura. What's up? What's up? Because she's people think of her just for people. I think nowadays, and I'm not saying. People think of her as like a, a national treasure. She's kind of at that status
2: of like. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. It, I know it's heresy for to say what I'm no, saying. No, no, but no, But I, I'm just curious. Uh, that's all. I'm in just in honor of Billy Bob, I'm out of fucks to give. Um, <laughs> so, um, no, uh, okay. So th- there's there's a there's a famous shot in um, in Jurassic Park. Where yes. the camera pushes in on her and she has to be, it's its her, oh my God, I've just seen a dinosaur for the first time yes. shot. Yes, right, sure. And every actor in that movie has to do that shot at some point. And some she... people, and everybody's acti- acting opposite a tennis ball. Yes, yes. She's the one who looks like she's acting opposite a tennis ball. Mm, okay. And I find that frequently true in her work. Now, obviously her best work rises above that. I think she's incredible in Citizen Ruth. I think just genuinely, I thought she was going to be a major star when I saw that. And obviously she has become a major star. But um, frequently when I see her work, I see a lot of face making. I see a lot of her Mm. having having the intelligence to think about it the way a director does. Like this is the end result I want and trying to skip to the end result, which is Mm. kind of the opposite of what Billy Bob does, which is, look, I'm going to do the process and, you know, the result is going to be honest enough that it'll work. And so she I think as an actor, she bothers me because she knows what the end result needs to be. And she's trying to get there, but she's trying to skip the steps That's where you move through it in real time. And it just rings uncanny valley to me sometimes. And again, her, her work with um, Noah Bomback is different than that. Her work with Alexander Payne is different than that, but I think she's an actor that needs a director in the way that Tom Cruise needs a director. Sure. Right, right. Katie asked me, she goes, "So how was that one?" And I was like, "Man, this is a waste of a lot. This is a waste of Andy Griffith. Right, this is a waste. Yeah. This is a waste of Billy Bob. This might right. even be a, a waste of Laura Dern." Oh. F-
1: <laughs> I I don't know, uh, wa- I waste <laughs> waste feels strong, but I will say, uh, not dissimilarly from Homegrown. <laughs> I think a movie with this cast should be better than it is. Yeah, I, mean, right. I get this. I, I understand I what you guys are and coming from. And so that's from. a little disappointing. Yeah. I but I will say, I do. Th- I mean, I disagree on Laura Dern, but I think all those observations are fascinating. Um, <laughs> I think she has my favorite scene in this movie. It was like a very tiny moment that I was like, "Oh, I feel seen." There's a moment where <laughs> I believe it's after the therapist breakdown scene. It's almost i think immediately after that uh if i'm not mistaken but there's a moment where Dern is uh awake everyone else is asleep billy bob wakes up and Dern is painting her nails yeah. with like a flashlight in the dark right and he's yeah. and he's just kind of mentions like oh like what what are you doing up and she just has this little moment where she's just like yeah i don't know i like i like this because it feels like the whole world's asleep and i can just focus on a thing and like very I, relatable at, yeah at, yeah I just as a night owl i just was like oh that's very yeah relatable. that's yeah. it that just in in one sentence
2: is like that beautiful feeling of like peace in the middle of the night right like 100 and yeah. that, you know for for all the the amount that i i wasn't planning to slag laura Dern, laura Dern off here but uh, i was prodded i blame you um <laughs> uh, I, it's okay everyone, the, everyone take, already sto- happily, everyone already stopped listening I anyway happily so. i happily take the i happily take the point um, but but what I meant by that is that like she's doing the best she the best anybody could be expected to do with the character she's given because right. the character is so one note. It is so fixated on things that you know, look if you write and direct a movie where two women are kind of fighting over you and one of them's Kelly Preston and one of them's Laura Dern, you, you've written yourself an ego trip. Sure. And these poor women are having to deal with the fact that he wrote himself an ego trip.
1: Kelly Preston, Preston gets the benefit of not, you know, it's like a sneaky benefit of not having as much screen time. So it's like she she gets to do a lot with a little, which kind of gives her
2: an out a little bit. Um, Yeah. But I I told Katie this. I was like, it feels like he, the the direction was, all right, I'm going to need you to start at about 11 and just see where you can go from there. Yeah.
3: No, and no, I, I mean and yeah, the movie does literally open with like a very kind of intense like scene. Yeah, I mean look, it there's a it, I think it's it's interesting it's it's interesting when you think that he directed it before, you know, before All the Pretty Horses, right? And then mm-hmm. and then it's hard to really gauge that you know, All the Pretty Horses from what we have, but I think you you know by the time you get to Jane Mansfield's, where he finally is directing again, you know, thirteen years later, twelve years later, um, he's grown a lot, and I think it does show in that film, which we'll get yeah. to. But I think, yeah,
2: yeah um, so then I, I just, feel like this was the rough draft of Jane's Mansfield's card. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I
3: I don't disagree. With, I I certainly don't disagree with that. Now, just to completely shift. Right. Focus yeah, we got here. we got so, we got to keep So this moving. was funny. He makes a Dwight Yoakam movie no. uh that same year which I've never seen and I, I do still want to watch uh South of Heaven West of Hell. Obviously Monster's Ball is a big moment. Um Halle Berry, you know, uh you, you know, he is very good in that movie. That movie's kind of hard to watch. Bandits, I, in my opinion, I love underrated. That. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, in my opinion, an underrated movie. We too, we um, talked
1: about that on our Cape Blanchett episode. Yeah, he's basically a, doing. He's doing. Episode.
3: He's doing his Woody Allen, and it's work, yeah. and it's working pretty well, actually. I he's think got, and he and Willis have such a good fucking great screen water chemistry, and, like, yeah, oil and water thing. Yeah, going, yeah. Man who wasn't there. You know, I I rewatched as well. Connor uh, masterpiece. Of, yeah, masterpiece, Yeah, I was gonna say one yeah. of the Coens' most beautiful films. um you know, he's kind of doing a Fred McMurray. And I think, you know, Billy or <laughs> yes. Nicholas, you you kind of said, you mentioned that he he seems um, definable in his look, but sneaky in his range. And I think you're totally right. Like, the man who wasn't there was a reminder. Like, wow, he could kind of do anything. Yeah, like, he's,
1: yeah. He really that For is, my money, that's his, he, that. Is might be his best performance. Like, uh, it's really it's, good. It's, I, I think right,
2: you cannot slag bad, bad Santa that way. But um, <laughs> Yeah, he's.
3: I mean, well, the, the weird thing with bad Santa is, I think it kind of it's it was like it's almost like the it's the Jack Sparrow curse in a way of like it was the logical endpoint and then also became a curse in his career. But we can get to
2: that anyway. Yeah. No, he he did a lot of bad Santa. He did a lot of bad Santas. Yeah.
3: So then. Right. In 2002, he makes a little movie written by by his buddy from Simple Plan, Brent Briscoe, right, who was like the other guy from a Simple Plan, if you right. remember. Right, yeah, 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 um, yeah. A little movie called Waking Up in
2: Reno. There's a little movie called Waking Up in Reno. It's about Please two- run it, down the cast for everybody. Just I know, start it's, with it, the cast.
1: It's a, th- it's, it's a running theme in this episode that, you know- it, maybe movies with casts like uh, cast lists that they have should be better but anyway so you got uh, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton you
3: got Charlize Theron you got right, Charlize like like moments away from her Oscar which yeah. is so crazy yeah. you got Patrick Swayze who I think is charming as hell in this he's, movie and, he's, the and, best. And he's the best part of this movie I, I, I liked him a lot in this movie yeah Natasha Richardson. Oh, Nicholas. I think I don't know if you agree. Nick, uh, Natasha Richardson, which is kind of sad, actually, when you think about this. Patrick Swayze and Natasha Richardson yeah. both die very young.
2: In this, sad, let's, let's let's note for a second, like the the charisma of Natasha Richardson that so she's in a movie good. with Charlize Theron, and Charlize Theron is yeah the dumpy one.
3: I know, <laughs> I know. it's kind of it's kind of insane. Holmes Osborne, great. Penelope Cruz, one of her first American uh, films. Uh, what was I gonna say? Crazy Cast, the basic premise is two couples who um uh are kind of you know, they, where do they live? Do they say where they live? They're in the
1: south. They live in uh they live in in Los Angeles. No, no, no. They live no. in Arkansas. They live in Arkansas. Ar- yeah, okay. Oh, is it Arkansas? And, yeah, because yeah, they make a road trip. They're going west to, to,
3: to Reno, Reno yeah. but they're they it's like they're making a you know, a vacation out of it. And um Billy Bob is a car salesman, married to Natasha Richardson. Patrick Swayze is, works at a factory owned by his father-in-law, whose home's Osborne, and um, is married to Charlize Theron. And basically Charlize and Billy Bob are having an affair. Right. And so the four of them go on a road trip. um, And, what kind of could become a Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice becomes something else a little bit is what it is. It's a road trip comedy um, that becomes a re- kind of a relationship drama. Um, you know, there's the normal hijinks of any road trip, you know, kind of a film. And, you know, you have Billy Bob kind of playing the de facto leader slash villain Natasha Richardson playing the hero and then Patrick Swayze kind of playing the comic relief and Charlize Theron really given the least to do as kind of the like, kind of the dits. It's like
1: kind of an unfair also like the most, She's like the most consequential, weirdly, in a... Yeah, she, she does a great
2: job in this movie. Let's Literally, be clear. Yeah, she yeah, does yeah, a great yeah, yeah. job with a thankless yeah. role.
1: Yeah. I mean, look,
3: I mean, all, I think all of these actors, you know, it's interesting, you know, Richardson and Swayze, you know, who died young, as I mentioned, they both had these careers where I think as big as Swayze was, and he was huge right in the late eighties. I mean, he was about a top five in terms of bankability movie star, probably, Um, you know, for a minute there, at least he, um, you know, never really got, Kind of his due, right? And he kind of never really got a role as an actor. I mean, he never really got a role that I think, you know, he never got to get old, right? I think he never got to have a role later in life where people were like,
1: "I think part oh, of that, what, you know, he never well, got to have
3: gravitas." Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, but I think don't 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 you think that would have helped? And I well, and I think his, part of his larger is... like reputation, you know, his larger like you know. Uh,
1: you know, re- reputation
2: is the All wrong word. All three of us would trade reputations with Patrick Swayze <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, so fast.
1: I, I think part of that. I think part <laughs> of that has to do with. I think in some cases the movies. It it, it he's bringing so much to them, but in some cases the some cases the big movies that he's famous for are bigger than Swayze is. Right, like, and I think that's I think that's part of it, right? Like, he never he never Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise or Roadhouse. Like, um, yeah. Well, I, that might the Roadhouse might be the one well, that might be the I, one exception. Think, yeah,
3: Roadhouse has aged incredibly. I think people love it, right? And I think they liked it then. It made money then, but I think it's become like legend legendary, and Point Break as well. Which, like, Point Break, Point Break made money, but right. it was not a smash, right? Yeah. I think like the, both of those movies. 20 years later seem like and are beloved but at the time were kind of modest successes right so i think those are good points but i think what's interesting about this movie waking up in reno which really kind of got buried didn't really come out and then around the same time donnie darko which he's great which i was gonna say which also kind of didn't really come out and then has has a big fan base now. He's really good in in both of these movies and I think it kind of it alludes to what could have been in a little bit of a sad way. That's yeah. that's my only point. Is is just I think it's like it would have been cool to see like you know some like sneaky Netflix movie where Patrick Swayze well- was like great. And he was like sixty-five. You know, I or just
1: would have. Like lo- I and I actually, he may have still have been alive at the time, and we'll get there. But like, I would have loved to have seen Swayze in a role in Jane Mansfield's car, right? Sure, like, you know, right, like, right. like he'd have been great. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Like if you if you swap him with like Robert Patrick, who's very good, Right, he would have been good in the Robert Patrick he's, role. He, actually, Robert, yeah. Robert Patrick's very good in no, Jane no, Mansfield's car, but, it, but, yeah, but but I'm just saying, like that probably would be the role. And anyway, whatever. Um,
3: but, but anyway, so waking up in Reno, yeah. Nicholas. Give us your waking up in Reno thoughts. What do you think? What do you think I of? Say, all right, so this is
2: the third time I've seen Waking Up in Reno. Hey, look. Um, okay. The, the first time I saw it, I was You're like Reno well, head. Well, <laughs> no, I was. I, I was like, I was like, well, how, how do I not go see this cast? It's got Billy sure. Bob. It's got Penelope Cruz. You got go Patrick to the convention
1: Swayze. every year that they throw for Reno heads in Reno. Yeah, know, no, no, yeah. no, it's
2: it's kind of it's kind of a like a Lebowski kind of thing. Exactly. Like a Reno Fest. Yeah. Um, no so the the first time I saw it I remember walking away and being like oh that was that was not at all what I expected there's so many good actors in this and then it was just kind of eh. and then the second time I saw it I went back with some fresh eyes and uh I let go of what I expected the movie to be and decided to watch it for what it was sure. and I think that always makes a difference and again I left kind of disappointed mm um And then I rewatched it for this and I was not looking forward to it. I I broke these six movies up into the ones I have to watch and the ones I get to watch and I would alternate. (laughs) Um, And so I sat down to watch Reno as one of the uh, I have to watch this one. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered enjoying it the first two times. Mm. I I really did. I thought um, there's there's some miscast actors. Um, I don't think I think as good as Patrick Swayze is in it that he is miscast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, again, he's missing some some of the, um, some of the stone stupid that you need to do that script right. Sure, um, and Natasha Richardson is playing at it, and she she's she's carrying it off because of sheer charisma, but she's not really nailing the role um, because to me that entire character is the woman whose dream is to see Tony, was it not Tony Orlando, Tony, whatever yeah. she... Yeah,
1: yeah, Tony Orlando. Tony, no, Tony or-
2: Orlando, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what, yeah. Her dream is to see Tony Orlando in concert because she fell in love with him when she was 12 and she heard a record. Right. And when you when you focus in on that level of uh, of, of, of kind of petty and, and stupid and narrow-minded and myopic, where you have a parasocial relationship with a record and you have traveled decades into the future and now you're like I'm finally going to meet him. Like that that sort of delusion is the key to that character and she played it smarter than that. Uh, which right. I think is a mistake. Um Charlize got it though. Charlize did the same thing that like uh that Julia Roberts was aiming for in the Mexican.
3: Oh, yeah, I do like her though on that. But yeah, um, keep going. Yeah.
2: Yeah, where there where there's a level of
3: Are of you blaming base-
2: are you blame are you, shifting? Are you, are you blame shifting right are, now? You, are, are you, you blame, blame shifting? shifting? Yeah, Sorry. Continue. Uh, no, you're uh, 100%. a shifter, Jerry. We say that we say that in my house all the time. You're a shifter. Um, you know, you're blame shifting. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, but so Charlize really nails that, and let's. By the way, nobody's mentioned David Koechner in this. I okay. Oh, I know. I'm so. Connor, I'm so glad you brought yeah, it up because, ahead, because yeah. I was <laughs> texting with Dan while
1: I was watching it, and I don't. <laughs> I I don't really love this movie. I think I you know I I think parts of it work. It don't necessarily serve. Oh, the you're whole. looking for your dollar, but like, that the scene, <laughs> the the introductory scene of David Koechner who, who so plays good. like the bell captain, right? <laughs> no, yeah, who he's like, who, yeah. who yeah. checks them into their suite in Reno. <laughs> He yeah, does the whole thing say I how sweet yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Gant- yeah what I love is Reno like the other thing
3: I love about this movie that I, I feel like I there should have been more
1: I know for them it's very fancy and you're supposed to kind of laugh at it because it's sort of like cheesy but but there was a part of me that I'm like I would fucking kill to be in that suite, right like I no, just no, no, like, but hang <laughs> on this is one
3: of the things I feel like they should have made more out of is they the way they went to Reno you have to drive past Las Vegas. Yes, right. Right. Yeah. Which I I just love that idea of but like you know that's but anyway, such a yeah.
2: brilliant touch though because it they is can't funny, yeah. afford Las Vegas. Right. No, right, right, right. right and right, that's right. the whole point. And They've this gone is... to the discount Las Vegas. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But they
1: they go and so Ken, <laughs> there's I just have to walk. I'm sorry, listeners. I just have to walk you through the joke because to me it was that it was the one moment in the movie that I like cackled. I was like, that's a, that's great. Yeah, I think Ke- it is the funniest Kettner part of it. Keckner yeah. get, gets them settled in the hotel and whatever. And because uh, Billy Bob, who's a cheap used car salesman, is sort of like, you know, I mean, he's cheap, whatever. Uh, Keckner's about to walk out and he's kind of, bel- you know, he's like extending the conversation because he wants to get a tip, What's that tip? and yeah. every once in a while and then it cl- like there's this sort of light that goes on subtly in Billy Bob's head where he just goes oh okay you want your dollar and to like lead up to it Kackner's like okay well do you need anything else cuz i unpacked your bags i did this i did he's like enumerating the things that he did to get this tip and he goes oh you billy bob goes oh you want your dollar and at first you think it's just to turn a phrase, what you know, like whatever. And but then like, he gives like, and one... then he gives him one dollar. And Keckner's re- <laughs> reaction is my favorite fucking line delivery in the whole movie. He goes, "Oh, okay, uh, straight to the casino." All right, <laughs> <It's> so <good. laughs> and then he just turns around and leaves, and it's like. It's, oh, it's it's so, so good. good. It's like it really such a beautiful good. two minutes of comedy, yeah. um, and then then the payoff at the very
2: end when he's yes. like, "Oh, she took care of me very well. Thank you." Right? Re- yes. yes. When yeah. he when he brings in that breakfast, there there's so many misfires in it that it doesn't quite work. Yeah. No, but still, yeah. it it's a an, it's another example because waking up in Reno is another one of those sort of Eugene O'Neill esque like. There's some stuff that's going to happen. We're not necessarily going to resolve it. Um, sure. But but we just need to live with these characters for a while while they go through some shit. And it's also the real, like, it might be the true prototype. It's it's like the test drive for what he does during the Bad Santa era. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's he,
1: very much, it's part of that. But I think. Canon. Like, have. what's so
3: interesting, and I guess Bad Santa helped this, which was 03, right? So it's right around this time, right after this he was able to really make a lot of these movies um, and still kind of be bankable enough to, you know, to be the Mr. Woodcock role, School for Scoundrels, Bad Santa, Bad Santa 2, Bad News Bears, you know, you know, hefty supporting roles in like movies like Eagle Eye, which was a hit, right? Like just in, <laughs> in things, right? In
1: things.
2: Yeah. And I think – um. But uh, clearly, yeah. he does those in order to do right, these. i saying. Yeah, That's those saying. are all the yeah. ones
1: for them, and these are all we're we're talking about the ones for me, right? It, or the because yeah. he's
2: ex, he's exceptionally sleazy. Yeah. He's exceptionally amoral, and he's really locked onto. And he he has a, again a, a real skill for this. The overconfidence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because him trying to hit on Penelope Cruz oh my with God. his shoes be like that's that's one month's rent right there and her leaning in and being like rent must be really cheap yeah yeah. is perfect and him sitting down for an interview and like trying to hike up his pant legs so you can see his snakeskin boots yeah it's like he is so unafraid of looking like an idiot
0: yeah
2: in the classic like if you're if you're doing shakespeare and you have to cast nick bottom in midsummer and you need somebody whose ego
3: (laughs) he would be a great Nick, yeah,
2: yeah, it just completely outstrips yeah. their talent. He's doing that.
3: In that's a good. What... Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a charming enough movie. It gets pretty serious
1: in a, at a certain point. Um, There's a giant fucking robot dinosaur that eats cars. That's a thing. Right? You get. They, can, they can wind up at it.
2: They wind up at a, can up at we a monster talk truck for a rally. Second. Yeah. Connor and I talked about this the other day. Um, when we were watching The Badge, because we were to watch The and Badge. This is, together. A, this
1: is a good segue, because that's yeah, our segue next into movie. the badge. But, yeah. but,
2: but we did talk about um, there's a point in that movie where he tells her, he's like, Well, why don't you just go ahead and hit me? You're going to feel better. Right, sure. And then she does, and he is shocked by it. Yeah. Just shocked. Yeah. He's like, Ow, shit. Why the well, fuck? What and this. That's, that's, I think. <laughs>
1: The Natasha Richardson character, you mentioned she kind of – she plays it a little too smart. Yeah. And that might be true, but I like what she's doing with it because you're waiting for something like that moment to happen, right? It's like – it's this thing of – to your point also about like the overconfidence, it's like this woman is so much smarter, Than both him, not only smarter than him, but just generally smarter than he gives her credit for. So you're waiting for this thing to happen. And like that moment that you just mentioned is sort of the the culmination of that. Right. And yeah, um, I think part of the reason what she does works a little bit with both the Tony Orlando thing and like the payoff of the monster truck show thing. Is basically she takes his prized car that they've been driving, that they drove to Reno, and she somehow, they skip over this part, but somehow logistically, she gets it in the monster truck show and the fucking giant robot eats it, right? Eats and, it so, in and front so of his face. This,
2: and he's on the jumbotron looking like w- he's going to puke, yeah. which and, is amazing. And so it's a nice payoff. And so
1: the reason I like that she plays it smart is because you know that she's smart and you're waiting for this woman to get everything that she wants, right? Right. And I think I think that would play better if it's a little more her movie. Right. Like if it's somehow just framed. I agree. Yeah. Like if it's somehow framed more where it's she's the star of the movie. I think all of that pays off because when you're following Billy Bob around for the whole thing as kind of the anchor, but to your point, he's so unlikable the The sort of real satisfaction of her getting what she wants I feel like doesn't... It's not that it doesn't hit. It just doesn't hit as good or hard as it should, No, I think. But you
2: you nailed it. If that movie were made 15 years later, she would be the center of it. They would rewrite it around her I character. Mean, I, think yeah. if, I think if all of these and movies... And I would like that movie better. I think yeah. if all of yeah. Yeah. these agree, movies
1: yeah. literally moved in time like... And this has nothing to do with the quality I suppose, but... If they all moved in time, you know, four or five years, I think they would be well, the more.
3: Ba- the badge would
2: it would be interesting. Yeah. Well, well sure. But, but, I'm but, just but, saying. But I see you trying to segue, but before we do that, I'm just saying. I'm
3: just. I'm, it's, it's coming up. I'm just. It's, I'm just I, saying. I'm
2: just saying that the the,
1: the 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 what's led up to this point, these <laughs> movies, they haven't quite hit that like mid two thousand crash wins the oscar boom of like <laughs> uh, no no no. but just of like of indie well, movies being a more bankable thing and i think a lot of these movies if you skew them in time ahead four or five years maybe they're a little more successful like maybe maybe we, Bob is an innovator who's ahead of his time but yes well, probably. probably. But also, it's I interesting though know. because but all
3: but that whole industry also was about to fully, like, fully
1: yeah maybe fully collapse
3: by like 2010 yeah right the, so
1: it's, it's like the uh, it's the boom before the bust right but, but yeah but, it's a very quick uh you but know I guess the, that, that's my
3: point is like you you know, just the time to, of Warner independent was very you just have to you know, shift short, them like you
2: know. two years in time and they're they probably yeah. make we, way more money can, can we touch ahead, base yeah. on that though because that's that's a recurring theme through these films is that he's he's given a leading man role mm. and plays it like a supporting character and the honesty of that really gives the film its best element. Sure. But I think like you can talk about all these movies as failures because they all gross less than a million dollars. And like, oh, he should have realized he's the lead and played it differently. But I think maybe the takeaway from this is, no, he recognized that his character shouldn't be the lead and the times had not caught up with him. Can he I... knows that he's a supporting character.
3: I... I I think that's well said. Though I would, and not to, you're you're serving up a segue, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> I do think the badge is a case where the movie should have been more about him. Actually, I don't disagree because I think that's a movie where is, in my opinion, his character is the most interesting character. Yes, and um. There's a lot of unlikable characters in that film and not that characters need to be likable, but there is an empathy to his character in that world. And the movie really becomes an ensemble piece. And it's like, if it really had been about him, I think it would have succeeded a little bit more, um,
2: do you want to yeah. go ahead? Go can, ahead. Can, let me pause let me at this before you get into the description. I think the badge would have been the best season of the Sinner ever. <laughs>
1: right. Well, <laughs> yes, uh, that's what I was going to,
2: yeah, my, my short, <laughs> yeah. you, you met, the Sinner is probably a better comp. Yeah, my the short, Sinner my is, short yeah, version funny. of
1: this is one of those movies that fits in that genre of like, it's a whole season of true detective in one movie, right? Like, a little and, bit, I, yeah. and, and Nicholas, I mentioned this to you when we were watching it. Uh, which was a lovely experience. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that might actually be. other Did you than... guys wear badges while we you did. watched it yeah, just yeah. for fun? Uh, yeah, no, that's nice. But I will say, I, I did realize. I think that might be the only time I've watched a B side with a B side guest. That's like not Dan in Prep, so that was actually yeah. When would uh, we, that yeah, was like a nice experience? I'm honored anyway. Sure. Um, it. It feels like this is the kind. This is the kind of movie that if it got made now, it would be an eight-hour miniseries on HBO, and it would be wildly disappointing, and it would be too long, and it would be kind of good in spurts and whatever. Um, but it it's has that.
2: twice the number of plot points as Mare of Town. Let's say
1: that. <laughs> and so it's it's but whatever. It's that kind of movie just to kind of set the stage. But basically, uh, it really does. B- it's, it really it does. Yeah, BBT. Please a, oh, nice. a... <laughs> are you down with bbt uh, uh you know me yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> he played sorry honestly episodes over go home everybody <laughs> um, finishing with the bat yeah so he plays Darl Hardwick, who's a, sh- a have, sh- you, has any, have you I, ever met a I said to Nicholas, I said to Nicholas, I was like, "You're from Kentucky. Is his <laughs> name I was like, "Is his name Daryl?" And they're just like kind of swallowing it. What and, would be, What would Daryl be short for though? I, I Daryl. I, it's just Darl. It's just its own yeah. name. I don't know I, I,
2: I explained it this way, and <laughs> I stand by this that um, it is Daryl. And they're oh, okay. just it's just well, uh, except yeah. it's not Daryl mispronounced as Daryl, it's Daryl which is sometimes mispronounced as Daryl. Sure, yeah, that's well said. Yeah, okay. yeah,
3: yeah. Daryl, w- yeah, Daryl. My question Darryl. is just,
1: what
2: do we think the spelling is on the birth certificate? Well,
3: <laughs> in the credits it's Daryl, but okay. you're saying, yeah, yeah. is there a Y in the birth yeah, certificate yeah. Like that I forgot? Name,
2: yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Is his Christian name Daryl? Yeah, I want you to I want you to weigh in on how DeBrickashaw is spelled on a birth certificate, and then follow that up with your comment here. So anyway,
1: he's the sheriff of a town called LaSalle Parish Louisiana, yeah. and uh, basically there is a woman who runs out into the middle of the road in the middle of the night, clearly in distress. There is a truck full of shoes that almost hits her and then turns over, um, and he got he gets brought in to just kind of clean it up, investigate. Can He's, I just say something
3: to give you a sense of what the independent film scene was like in O2? They, were, they had the money to film that truck crash.
1: Yeah.
3: Nicholas, as a person who's like produced and worked on movies, th- the first thing I thought about, I was like- Wow, they really fucking crashed a fucking truck! Like you would never be able Admittedly to
0: do that. Admittedly, though, yep. like, to be most you would of the never budget, get the though, right? budget to like, do that
1: now. Yeah, but I mean, the, you you would, but you get one take. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't like, even you know got, if I don't even know if you would be able
3: like that type of a movie now. I don't even know that you would be able to do that. I don't like, know. That's an expensive I, stunt I, to do. I
1: I worked on a I worked on a production that like
2: lit half of a house on fire. You know, yeah, I, so I could be wrong. So, I
3: just was like, I was kind of I was like surprised that they. Did it? I was like, oh wow, good for. Um, good did you for the did, did
2: you see a movie with my friend Sonia? Because she definitely worked on a movie. No, where she was no, a production no. This, and this she was lit a house on fire. This was this was a long
1: time ago. But um, All right. but sorry, I keep going. Go. Uh, no, no, no. But basically, uh, and this is a hard one to get through quickly because, as Nicholas mentioned, there are just a lot of there is a lot of plot points. So I'll I'll try and be brief, but apologies. So basically, Daryl, who kind of goes along to get get along and and is sort of. Um, is sort of, you know, let's say now just fully comfortable in his job um, (laughs) is, you know, he's kind of just trying to sweep the thing up get you know just get it out of the way and then they discover that there is this body of this woman nearby the accident he's using it as an uh, to his advantage to get re-elected uh because he's taking shoes from the crash and giving them out which is a actually a great little montage and a and a funny thing um so once the sort of dust settles on it a little bit uh and the body is taken to the corner it's uh, revealed that this woman is a trans woman, and essentially, that sort of unlocks the rest of what this movie is going to be about. Basically, um, so he then talks to uh, what's his? I fucking lo- oh, De- William Devane, who is kind yeah, of the um, yeah. What is? I don't know what his actual. He's not the governor. Because um, the governor is somebody else. Bill Devane is, like, kind of just the resident southern gentleman, almost. Like, I, I don't actually know he, what it is. He's the
2: equivalent uh, of, like, the guy that owns the double deuce and roadhouse to bring it sure, all Sure, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. My quick thing was, like, he's almost—he's uh, he's Houston in Chinatown, if we're going to make a more, you know, like— Jenner. Oh, you want to make an
2: elevator? Uh, no, no, no. I was I'm just, <laughs> I was just saying,
1: in terms of like what, what this, you know, like th- this movie. Just to be clear, it like is Chinatown. It follows that same format. Yeah, the, yeah. the thing it, of it one thing leading to another. It all leads up to the top in some way. Yeah, it, it's, um,
2: it, it's got the same structure as like season two of The Wire, where there's like one crime that uncovers another crime yes, that uncovers yeah. a bigger crime yeah. that uncovers a conspiracy. I think a very,
1: a very, um, a very. Contemporary noir th- structure now, right? Like, yeah, I feel like a yeah. lot of more contemporary neo noir has that Chinatown thing. Yeah, of, seasons one uh, yeah.
2: and two of The Killing. Yeah, yeah, you know, we can go on and on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's but, that. But, but
1: if this is that. Yeah, this is that. And I, I mentioned True Detective. It's this is that kind of that kind mm-hmm. of stru- structure. Um, So he goes to Bill Devane. He's like, hey, this happened. Should we look into it? And Bill Devane in a suspicious uh, manner and (laughs) not all suspicious accent basically tells him like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we don't. Right. And you're like, well, okay." Um, And that I, you know, things unfold. I don't want to necessarily give too much away because I do think this movie is worth watching especially if you like the things that we just mentioned, I think it scratches that itch in a nice way. Um, But I do think that it, it, it kind of lumbers is the wrong word, but it, it meanders in a way to get to certain places that you're kind of like, I don't know. There's a, there's a cleaner, more, uh, I think, satisfying way to get where it's going. And I think it, I will say it, I would, um, I commend this movie for being certainly it. This movie is sort of accidentally topical in 2023, uh, just in terms of right. ha, how we view the trans community, uh, who's, who's alive. Let's,
2: let's talk about it being ahead of its time. Yeah, and yeah, how yeah it's, Yes. That's what yeah. I'm saying.
1: Like, and so it's, it's commendable in that regard. And it actually, you know, we on the, uh, On the last episode, the Russell Crowe episode, we talked about the movie The Sum of Us, right? Oh, my God. That that movie is kind of, you know, if you think like early 90s queer dramedy starring Russell Crowe, I think there's a part of you that would rightfully go, ooh, like, okay. But when you watch the movie, it actually handles everything with way more grace uh, than you might expect yep. can we and talk
2: about patricia arquette was so good in this yeah and, yeah and, and and she's handed all the responsibility of, for of representing the trans yes. community yes
1: of carrying that weight and i think that, that's what i was just going to get to like th- this movie fits in that category like i don't know if it nails every single sort of part of the talking point that you need it to correctly handle but i do think it does a remarkably good job uh, in you know 2000 what is it 2002 of of depicting that sort of uh the, the issues at hand and i think that's definitely the most commendable thing about the movie uh to your point so patricia arquette is the wife of the deceased trans woman who is sort of taking taking it upon herself to also Kind of look into what? No, she's
2: she's going to solve the murder. Yeah. whether Billy what, Bob what wants to or not.
1: What I what I mentioned to you, Nicholas. Uh, obviously, the the much needed trope of of Billy Bob being a bad detective is on full display, which is very nice here. Um, it's a chef's kiss. I love, yeah, yeah. It's lo- a
3: that's that that that's. I wish we had got more of like the Jake Giddeys-ness. Yes, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think... Of him being a bad detective, yeah.
1: And I think, yeah, I think overall this movie works. Um, it's sort of like the reverse of every movie we've talked about up to this point where I think overall this movie sticks to the landing and I think it scratch, scratches an itch that if you want this kind of genre thing, I think it works. But I do think pieces of it don't all kind of fit together. And I'm not just talking about it in a convenient way, but I'm just in a genre way. I think they don't pay off as satisfyingly as they could because I mean, Nicholas, you and I half the time, and I don't, again, I think listeners should watch this movie, so I don't want to spoil it. But half the time we were like, it's that guy. And then anytime it cut back to the person in question, we were like, no, it's that guy. And then, And then it's that guy,
2: right? Like, and it's so, I think... So many of these, the whole adds up to the less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Like when we talk about waking up in Reno and we talk about daddy and them, the sum of the parts is pretty good, but the whole just doesn't work. This is kind of the opposite where the sum of the parts, like there's a lot of places where the Jenga tower is going to fall. Yeah, yeah. It's just... But somehow... Like this whole movie holds together in a way that I find really satisfying. Kind of. I guess it's just that
1: I I mean, and this is nothing against you. I wonder if I would feel differently if we each watched it like alone, you know? Oh, I, 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 influenced you. I uh, no, no, I, I, more I, of a, more of a like a live. Was it com- the hand on your thigh? <laughs> <laughs> no, more of a live commentary <laughs> thing. It like, was not the because, hand on your thigh. because, like I said, no, Connor, That's normal. No, that's no, no, a hand on a thigh. I'm good with a hand on a thigh. <laughs> I'm a hand on thigh guy. Can um, I just
3: say, I what I what I fascinated about fascinated me about this movie is the title plus the cover art plus the trailer you i went in thinking oh i'm gonna watch some billy bob thornton's the, the pledge right and it's it's the way totally like way funnier way lighter yeah. in spots and that to me was such a great example of like of marketing right of like the badge right yeah, like, and we i mean we and, you know, glazed
1: over like a lot of t- yeah. t- you know uh, to your point earlier, like it's an unse- it becomes an ensemble movie, which is a right. problem. Thomas like, Hayden Church, Thomas has Hayden whole Church is in this, and it? Like, yeah. it should have been a Billy Bob
2: Thornton movie. It should have been a him movie. But but can we talk about the title for a second? Sure, the badge. Because because you're like oh the badge, but his dad has it, that
1: monologue about he so does his he does. his dad who's now you know a, a sort of a disgrace a serial, retired yeah, disgrace d- d- retired yeah. sh- sheriff talks about how yeah. when he when he lost the badge he initially was like, eh, it's, like just a little, the it's a little are piece gonna, of tin yeah. and yeah. his yeah, yeah. the reference he makes is that like it was my skin and i didn't realize it right like i my, want you
2: i want you to think about how many movies there are point break uh dirty harry cobra Whatever, where they throw their badge away at the end of the movie because they don't believe it anymore. The,
3: the Fast and the Furious, the first right. one. Uh, Even though he keep, keeps I'm gonna being take the your word for though, that. so
1: it doesn't count, but...
3: No, no, um, but he does throw the badge away at the end. I'm yeah, saying. but
1: like I, immediately after the credits roll, he walks back. Like <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I still need this," and I pick it up. <laughs> I would
3: love it after the credit scene. Of like Brian, Brian Walker, Brian, like, Paul Walker <laughs> trying to find
1: yeah. Brian O'Connor. He's like, "Oh, he's like, wait,
2: where's my fucking?" But, damn it, yeah. damn it. Uh, but this sorry. movie, this movie is the opposite of that. This movie right, is right, right, you know, right, right. if I let go of this badge, I surrender yeah. this town to these people. I have to hold on to this badge. And that's interesting to me.
3: No, no, I wish yeah. I, I
1: wish the movie was I, about more about that, right? I think that's Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I, I, I mean, yeah. I think part of that thing, and we can kind of I think use this as a segue, right? Like he So the next year he does levity. Right, which is an Ed Solomon movie.
3: Uh, Well, great writer. We should say Ed Solomon, kind of a a living, you know, not legends maybe too much, but Ed Solomon has written a lot of things that remain in our culture, right? Bill and Ted, Men in Black, right? He's kind of very much a guy who's created iconic moments and characters, you know, for for Hollywood blockbusters of, of different sorts. This is like... You know his small, you know, movie that he directed, which I think is interesting well, in itself. I mean, you and, know, and what I was uh. going to say
1: is the ba- <laughs> the badge. I think is the is the kind of um, it's the impasse between the two things of like him being in a movie and him being the kind of actor he is, which is that you know on our on our Benicio del Toro episode, I mentioned that del Toro is almost like the the inverse brad pitt problem where brad pitt is a character actor trapped in a leading man's body right and yes and del toro and billy bob i think del toro less so cuz he's a more conventionally handsome but but similar similar vibes in some regards but they have the same problem which is they are leading men trapped
2: in a character actor's body right and that is the most astute observation i've heard in like a hundred episodes of this fucking podcast
1: (laughs) well well, thank you bravo but 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 i think in a in a movie like the badge it's a disservice because as we just mentioned like you want it you want it to be, You want him to kind of come forward and be more of a leading man. And I think in a movie like Levity, it helps because it is his movie. Um, right. But I, I think it, it helps him a little bit here to blend into the background. Mm.
2: Uh, Levity is garbage. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> now, Dan, do you want to – I think you it, like it the most. Do you want to just go I over Levity I'm real sure quick? I'm sure I like it the
3: most of the yeah. three of us. Did you um, – Nicholas, this must be the one you like the least, I'd imagine, right? Of the of the ones we're talking
2: about, no, Daddy and Them is the one I like the least. Oh,
3: Dad! God, man, Daddy and Them, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, Levity is um, like we said, um, written and directed by Ed Solomon. It's basically Billy Bob plays Manuel Jordan, who is released um, over after after spending over twenty years in prison for killing a teenager during a robbery, and um, He's released on parole, though he doesn't want to be released, what have you. Goes back to the town he's from and is essentially kind of in this purgatorial scenario where he's, you know, doesn't have much money. Gets involved with a local preacher, con man, played by Morgan Freeman, who um, is like right next door to like a, a kind of an underground club that rich girl kirsten dunst frequents um and gets too you know drugged out on you know at meanwhile manuel billy bob thornton is kind of stalking holly hunter who we quickly learn is the sister of the young man who billy bob shot many years ago and of course billy bob Begins a relationship of sorts with Holly Hunter, who doesn't know who he is and was is under the impression that the killer of her brother has died in prison. But of course he did not. And it's just it's just a redemption story. Right. That's what it is. It's very much like, you know, I certainly um, I could understand the opinion of it being very um, overwrought would be a word, certainly that I could see being levied against this movie. Um, I think I liked, I like Billy Bob in the movie. I also think movies like this work for me. Like, I think if you, if you, if you, this type of like starting point, right. Where it's like this, there, I like movies that have an original sin, it's kind of maybe a simple way to put it. Mm-hmm. I, I like a movie that has an original sin, right? If that makes sense. And I, so if you, mm-hmm. if you build a narrative like that, like Moonlight Mile is another one that came, that's sure. come up and like, that's a Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter's in that movie as well. That's like, that movie has an original sin, which is kind of, you know, but look to your point, Nicholas, and you can expound upon this. Certainly there's like a situational dramedy thing to what I'm talking about, that can really turn you off. So, like, if you want to use that to like to feel free to hate on levity all you want, feel free to jump in and and do so. But but uh, I I did like. I think Holly Hunter and Billy Bob have some really nice scenes. I think Holly Hunter, I think she's
1: the best part of the movie. I like her a lot. Yeah. yeah. Let's think, be
2: clear. I will never at any point in my life say anything bad about Holly Hunter in anything. <laughs> sure
3: even in uh what's the no, movie whatever it is batman, the answer is batman no batman well, Conor, Superman, what is it batman v. Dawn Dawn of justice, Dawn of we, justice? Is,
2: is she in that
3: oh she's yeah she's the uh, uh, that's messenger. how he's done yeah. it
1: that's how he's done it dan he's just memory he's not seen though. her no her I, being... i've literally not seen that movie okay well then there you go then you don't have you can you can get away I don't know that Scott she's, free. is she even bad in that no movie. she's actually say? probably one of the best parts of that who's movie to say she's bad who knows
3: uh anyway connor uh, Nicholas what do you t- tell me what you hate about this movie or you or you love it, or
0: I hated I'll let
2: this you go movie. first Nicholas cuz I think I'm I hate I'm going less, to go so first long. whether you like it or not <laughs> go 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 <laughs> Everything about this movie bored me to tears and this is a movie with Morgan Freeman hmm. Holly Hunter and Billy Bob Thornton who might be three of my favorite actors on the planet How any movie with the three of them, like you could literally put the three of them in the room with no script and just let them chat and I would watch that. Everything about Billy Bob's redemption story, which again, he remains a remarkable actor. He is committed to, I feel guilt and it is pressing down on me and I cannot escape it. Um, Props to him for doing that. Holly Hunter, I bought as the, as the sister who does not know who he is, who is slowly welcoming somebody into their life. Who lets Morgan Freeman in a movie doing that voice? Let's start with that. Morgan I mean, do Freeman you, do you say no to Morgan Freeman? I mean Morgan Freeman has one of the most gorgeous, sonorous voices ever committed to tape or whatever we use these days. And they had him coming out there like he was goddamn Red Fox.
1: Well, well yeah, a little
3: <laughs> but a a little, a little
1: bit. That's yeah. fair, but, but you have to everybody consider. Everybody, I got to bring okay, in some That's fair, into but you account. have to consider, and this is maybe, I might meet you halfway here. Because you have to consider the reveal about the character, which Dan kind of alluded to, is that he's like a little bit of a con man, right? And so I think Freeman's trying to put like a little bit of sauce on it to try and get that across, like something like a little more rough and tumble, you know, a, a, a person who, a voice that has lived life, like now, a lived voice. Yeah. Now that said, I th- I think I might like it more if he like talked through most of the movie in the Morgan Freeman voice that we know, and then revealed something else like i almost i think might have appreciated that like no uh, a let's skosh say, more
2: the character arc of i'm a preacher no i'm a con man i buy sure I, I'm, I'm on board for that i mean
1: depending on who you ask all preachers
2: are con men so i'm with you yeah i'm with you i'm no argument um <laughs> the execution is questionable at best everything about this movie is this is this is a ten minute play stretched into a ninety minute movie? Uh, yeah, I will say the world,
3: the world their Ed Solomon is trying to build is is certainly the weakest part of the movie. Like it's hard, like. The minute he gets back into town, you're kind of immediately like, okay, where is he? What is this? What's the economy of this place? The Kirsten Dunst thing never really connects Like, okay, she's a rich person. Her character
2: makes no sense. Yeah,
3: it is. is Yeah, I agree with you there. It's like she comes in. Okay, she's rich. Why is she going to this club? It kind of doesn't make sense. It's almost right. like
1: and Solomon writing her in because he feels it needs that perspective, but he doesn't quite understand why that perspective is necessary or important. Now, this for her, Can we, was we talk an about inter- her yeah. talking in black voice. Well, I was going to say I, I kind of th- liked that because it's cringy. And I think it's a it, it's like a thing someone like her would do.
3: But here here's something I will say. What I like about the the Dunst thing is it reminded me of like, and I and I don't think you get this with actors anymore, just because we like live in a different like world of like of of literally of movies. Dunst, right? Who was a, obviously a child actor, right? And a fantastic child actor. Very good. She. She has this run of like, okay, I'm an adult now. Movies, which I do just like that they exist. Where she's like in Dick, pretty good movie with Michelle Williams. I love. Yeah, it. She's in yeah. Bring It On, a yep. great movie with yep. uh Peyton uh, Reed. The, movie. Fir- the
2: first one to sexualize her, I got you. <laughs>
3: but a good, but a, but a very, I think a very good movie. It stood the test of time. And then around the time of Bring It On, she's in like another high school movie called Get Over It, which is like a little bit more reductive. Point is this is like she makes crazy beautiful, she makes yes. this. Yes. She's like she's very much being like I'm
2: an adult. Like, and take the year, me seriously. And, and I don't just, know the order like, she shot like them, that but the, the, the year,
1: the year after this is Eternal Sunshine,
2: right? Exactly. So like, right. And, and, and I and I support this because if you're a child actor and you're trying to break out of I'm not a fucking child anymore, as yeah, sure. as your brand, yeah. I get that and I support that. And that said. Right. not all of them are successful breakouts
1: yeah I know sure 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 yeah I think what it is though is a lot of them specifically the crazy this run this portion of that run Dan right? I do like, like her in crazy beautiful though yeah but a, but a lot of it I do not. I think in this and and eternal sunshine where I think it's the most successful uh-huh. it, it is. is is her willingness as a performer to kind of Subject herself to whatever the role needs, right? With, with, but with, see, Nicholas, with, though, with real the real lack quick, of she's she's crazy and she's
2: beautiful. So, Whoa. I don't know if you, so if you look at the
1: title, it's a slash. So, so I
2: question both of those assessments. Um, <laughs> I, I guess my point is
1: like, she's like. I like I mentioned I kind of cringed at a lot of like w- stuff yeah. that her character does in this movie, right? Because she's I talking think, with she's like she's, she's doing like a talking black smack. Cent. Yeah, she's with, talking like a Peloton the, instructor with the black
3: young black men yeah. who are have it, been who have their father figure is Peloton this Morgan instructor. Freeman character. Yeah, that's, she, amazing. that's
1: what I'm saying. She's talking like a Peloton but, instructor. But, but, well, like. let, let's go, let's compare that for a second because. This is exactly what we're which talking pal- about.
3: Connor, which on instructor? Honestly, my Name wife, my, my
1: wife would know better. I just know that anytime <laughs> I've taken one of those classes, there's like some, some questionable use of black sense that I'm like,
2: <laughs> like, but this is the thing we've been talking about with Billy Bob is that he is willing to commit to yeah. this is what the character wants. Even if it's a supporting character, if it's a lead character, I'm going to play it like a supporting, I don't give a fuck. And she's kind of doing that in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to support her the same way I'm supporting Billy Bob in mm-hmm. his choices here. But somehow I find myself unable to, and I don't know why. And I hope one of you I, can explain it to I me. Think, Go ahead. Well, no, no. no. I think... Talk um, amongst yourselves.
1: His... Compared to the other movies we watched, he is kind of throwing the least at the screen here. Right. And I <clears> think I don't, I don't even want to necessarily necessarily say it's the worst performance. I think it's a, I think it's a fine performance, but he's kind There's of, va- there's a vacancy to what he's doing here. Right. That, um, that you know that i think is a little intangible i admittedly i think the wig doesn't help he's got just for the listener <laughs> he's got like a it's long it's, long gray stringy hair and it's fucking awful it's it's just the kind of thing that i don't you know i almost feel like this it, it's some version of either he doesn't find this role or this role doesn't find him quite the way a lot of other really good ones do. Right. Like I think, and, and it's not that he plays it bad and it's not, I don't even think he's necessarily miscast. I think there's something in kind of the whole package of it that like could have been done better to really. Cause for instance, Nicholas, you mentioned his burgeoning relationship with Holly Hunter as she kind of allows him into her life and there is, I feel like those sequences skip a few steps almost. Like I'm kind of like you. Yes. You don't. You know. And and I believe the. I guess my question is, it's or not question. My my point is, I believe those steps happen. Like I buy it within the movie. It's that the movie doesn't show you right. And when a movie doesn't show you something, I feel like it needs to satisfy those things in other ways. And I don't see anything in Billy Bob's character that would um make up for the fact that we're not being seen those extra steps that are being taken if that makes sense right like there's nothing about him as a personality or a presence in this movie that you could see her being like yeah you know what I guess I'll I guess like they're quote unquote meat cute um he is a he's a statue of a human right and that's kind of how he operates throughout this whole movie which I think is appropriate to the movie but it gives you a really hard time in terms of being able to buy or
2: sell that burgeoning relationship. Let's talk talk about this for a second as an actor. The thing that makes the most sense for the scene is that he would not be able to deal with this. The thing that makes the most sense for the plot is that he needs to be able to deal with this in some regard. He's choosing the form. Right. He's going in service of character as opposed to in service of plot. I'm always more interested as an audience member watching the mis- like I will watch the truth of the character even if it doesn't serve the whole of the movie. Mm. I, I don't I don't say this prescriptively to the audience. Yeah. I, I say that for me personally, that I I want to watch the natural evolution of what happens to a person. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm more than i want to watch what fulfills the end point of the story so right that's, i I, yeah. I think that's, that's a good
1: i mean i think that's a good segue because i'd just be curious to know like t- so next up we get crystal right which is oh my god which is directed by ray mckinnon who we mentioned before yeah. who's the preacher on deadwood and was in the badge he created he created rectify which is a movie a show a lot
3: of people love rectify is a
2: great show i didn't know that's
3: his show yeah Yeah.
2: that's cool and Um, lisa blunt
3: is was his wife who is the titular crystal in this movie and billy bob is an ex-con who comes back yeah
1: it's a 2004 movie 2000 2004 2005 depending on you know whatever what, what you're counting but um Barely, barely came out. Barely came out, and I, I would just be curious to your point, Nicholas. Like, in terms of f- the getting satisfaction from following a character through an arc, I, I'll, we'll get to the, we'll do the plot first. But I am curious to know, like, how you feel about Billy Bob in this movie. But basically, it's a drama. It basically follows. Um, billy bob who this is full let me just say full faulkner this is like
2: 100 <laughs> this, this, is, this, like, is, this sure. is this is this is billy bob in 100 in faulkner mode and and
3: it yeah. is fucking masterful amazing opening sequence right it's it's all wides of a car ch- of like a very kind of cerebral car chase happening yeah
1: and billy bob is joe uh lisa blunt is crystal yeah and they are on the run from the cops. Uh, you learn immediately after the scene that Billy Bob is, you know, a drug runner, dealer, grower, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. sort of almost adjacent to homegrown in a weird way. There are a lot of movies, yeah. more than any other B-side. I feel like a lot of our movies kind of like connected, uh, connect yeah. in an interesting way. But basically they're they're on the run and they have their baby with them and they suffer a horrific car accident right Mm -hmm. Billy Bob goes away for 20 years and we flash forward and uh Lisa Blunt as Crystal has been kind of dealing with the aftermath in his absence and has just fully kind of you know she's living in pain because her spine and her neck have been
3: like she was she was quadriplegic and it was like she's recovered kind of but the nerve you know, the nerve damage yeah. will always be she, there. So it's this like, she's living
1: in like physical pain as well as yeah. emotional and mental pain with everything. And she sort of just had to swallow the all son, this. The, the son the was presumed dead, yeah. but never his remains were never found. Yeah. So and she doesn't so, even have yeah. closure, I guess is the, yeah. is the point to that. And, uh, yeah. Billy Bob at the st- Start of kind of the flash forward Has just gotten out of prison and, and is trying to kind of Rebuild his life while uh Ray McKinnon who plays A guy named Snake great Just exactly a dude named Snake Exactly Uh yeah. And, yeah. and Walton Goggins as a Gentleman named Larry yeah, His cousin kind of, are, kind of are trying To Bring Billy Bob back into The fold as a grower and and yeah, nobody that. grew so,
3: nobody grew weed like Joe did is like the thing. Right.
1: Meanwhile, separately you have kind of a small aside with Harry Lennox and Johnny Galecki as two guys who, who have who have come yeah. into I town. I did love
3: that they they you think they're co- you think they're like feds. And right? they're not. And they're just they're not. They're yeah. like
1: they're just like they're re- journalists. Yeah, they're they're like, journalists. And they're like doing documentary a, they're people. doing yeah. a book on it's revealed that they're doing a book on like uh, the history of American music And things yeah, like yeah. that So they, they sort of want to get their Bluegrass You get a Harry Dean Stanton cameo Portion of you know? it Yeah, he's very good in, in one scene yep. And um, basically Crystal interacts with them When she goes to see Harry Dean Stanton As this guy named Pada Who kind of, you know, they hang out And they play some music And, and that becomes kind of a A respite for her um, Amidst all of this um. Meanwhile, Goggins and um, Goggins and McKinnon. Ray McKinnon, thank you. Yeah. Uh, have kind of set Joe up as a fall guy of sorts, yeah. uh, because they need to sort of misdirect the feds, and that becomes a problem. That's basically the movie. Yeah, it's very. In, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, it's v- it's yeah. very straightforward. Um, but. Yeah, I, I. so Dan, you've been kind of alluding to it. I, that sounds like this is your favorite. Well, this
3: is like, look, for me, this, you know, we talked about original Sin movies, right? I think the way they shoot the opening is incredible yeah. because it's always nice to see a common thing shot differently in a sure. movie yeah, yeah. and it, the way it opens with that car chase and then the impending car crash I just liked it because I would never seen it done like that before, no and it's right? like
1: done in the distance for most of it like you just kind of yeah, see literally it done happen. like if you were
3: watching on a mountaintop yeah, something happened yeah, and you were like what's lovely. happening oh is that a car chase you know it's like it's very beautifully done it's very lyrical right we, you know, we, we brought up Faulkner and what have you and I think there's a lot of that happening and then I think look I think with I love movies like this where it's just like you know, and look, the, you know. Speaking of the, the character named Joe, the David Gordon Green movie Joe is
1: yeah. kind of, I, you know I,
3: is is in this that ballpark. That a stretch I, for a could, segue, right no, there. No, but no, 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 I do no. think I'm just, what you I'm could saying put, is put like, this
1: movie in a in a name trilogy with Mud and Joe. It could well, be. what like I was gonna. A, <laughs> like, what I
3: was gonna say is like, I do think this Ray McKinnon, perhaps perhaps better than these other names, he's doing something similar to like. Your early David Gordon Green's, yeah. your early Jeff Nichols, where it's like they're they're finding this kind of lyrical quality in this like, you know, you know, realistic scenarios, right? I think yeah. it's very much that's where we're living. And I just, this movie, like by the end of it, I just found myself being like, oh wow. Like this fully worked for me. Like I, I, I was fully. Like very affected by kind of every moment of this movie, and by the
1: end I was like, "Oh wow, well, okay, this I, is." I, I
2: I will say that Crystal is an incredibly affecting movie.
1: This not unlike some of the other movies we mentioned, and like I said before, like this is the kind of movie not unlike Mud or Joe that if it comes out five years later you know 10 years later or whatever i think it does gangbusters a little bit i don't know um, like, in See, like I a think, chatter kind of way eh, like
3: the, i i don't know but the only thing this movie i think is a little it's a it's a it has a harder edge to it though yes. where it's like i mean this movie is it's it's deeply it's very. Sad. it is a, yeah, like, i mean like yeah. m- mud mud has this like romance to it sure. right like like the, i i think you know crystal is like just an incredible it even feels to the like the where, honest
1: truth of those other two movies well, like, and even, almost, even
3: like, to the point where right early on in the yeah. film right one of the ways um lisa blunt's character crystal is like making ends meet is just letting younger men
1: pop you know pop their cherry with her right in the back yeah, of a car. It's, and it's it's funny because it's like you wouldn't even say it's prostitution because i feel like that I feel like, a,
2: and that's an element of generosity to it. Well, it's and that yeah, and yeah. that implies
1: a level of like she's employing a fantasy on these men or something like that. Whereas, like this is literally what you described, Dan. Right, like where it's like she's just yeah, literally she's just sitting like in the back of a car, letting and, men yeah. have sex with so, her. Yeah. but
3: but but even to the point where like early on in the film, the movie, I think, quite like quite purposefully right, we know that the kid was never found. So the movie kind of quite purposely, I think, is kind of even broaching the subject of in another lesser movie, right, in the John Irving book that would be this movie. And I love John Irving, but I'm just, let me say that, right. For shame. It would be, one of them would be her son. Right, sure. Okay, right that it, it, I think we can spoil this movie relatively like that is that does not happen. Right. And I think the movie's better for it, but I think that is the world we're in. Right. It's like, it, it is a world of tragedy. Right. And, and, and inevitability. Yep. Right. And I think what you don't get is, you know, and thankfully you don't get coincidence. Right. And I think that's to the movie's benefit. And I think Ray McKinnon as a, as a, creator and he won an oscar for a short film a few years before this that lisa blunt was also in um and lisa blunt we should say sadly died at a young age as well um oh i didn't know that that's very sad yeah yeah Uh. and i believe 2010 and um and so I don't know. It's just a movie, and Billy Bob comes in, and it's kind of it's 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 look the character the introduction to the character is not unlike levity, and as
1: much as I, just I was gonna say I I I think levity's okay. I think he's employing here he's great. I think be, he's a, great in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, yeah, but I, I, think I think he's, he's it's a better great. version of that same thing because there's even a there's even a sequence where um you know Ray McKinnon kind of gives him a bunch of shit and. Basically alludes to what we're talking about, which is that while he was away, Lisa Blunt fucked a lot of guys and whatever, and and that turns into like a "let's take this out back" moment that everybody
2: decides. That's to, the best scene in the movie. It's a great scene. It's amazing. I love, yeah, and I
3: also love I, this. Is just another thing, right? I love a movie where a guy is dangerous and like
1: knows he's dangerous, and so and instead that... he's like a monk. He's just like well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. His
3: his 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 danger is his like, yeah, it's like his religion, right? He's like, look, I could kill you right now. Like, I would like to not kill you, right? Like, and at a, if you're going to make me do it, right? It's like, and so I think I love a character I, I like that. I will tell like, you,
2: having grown up in Kentucky and Tennessee, the, the fight out in the back patch, which yeah. is a real thing. Well, I love the moment the
1: dude that like one of fucking snakes buddies is just like, he just like kind of grabs his shirt and yells, it's a redneck fight club. As if like, we didn't know what was happening, you know, (laughs) like just
2: listen, (laughs) where I went to high school in Tennessee. If you got in a fight at school, they did not suspend you. They, they called you out to the football field at, 3.45 after school was out and you fought it out on the football field in front of the coaches and they would make sure nobody got permanently hurt. And that's how they settled fights at school. Explains so much. <laughs> not <laughs> not even about you.
1: I'm just in general, kind of about like I don't know certain parts of this country. Like I'm just kind of yeah. like, yeah, that's okay.
2: Uh, like, true true story. Like no, no. Like if you got in a fight <laughs> at school, like if 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 the if the center <laughs> of the fucking offensive line decided to beat you up at your locker, and you were like, oh no, I help teacher. They were like, "All right, never mind. Everybody meet at three forty-five in the football field, and <laughs> he will, will finish beating this. the hell knew out it of you." You, you know,
1: it's because the entire faculty were taking bets, right? That's oh, like absolutely, that's my, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. But,
2: but the whole point is, at three forty-five, he will finish beating the shit out of yeah. you on the football field in full view of the of the faculty. <laughs>
1: And then we'll go on. So you have that to look forward
2: to through, uh, you know, algebra and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the but the but the contract is he won't put you in the hospital because the teacher will stop it before it gets uh, to that. Great. Sounds great. Oh, I, my God. That's the entirety of the social well, contract that you fucking get. There's a le- and they're right.
1: There's a level of, you know. Um, the sort of arrested development. Uh, going on in, I mean, not the show, but like literal, it's kind of arrested about like, oh, just, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, I was no, no. trying to figure no, no, it no, out. No, 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 <laughs> no. Just like, just the idea to, to your point almost is that like, you know, Billy Bob goes away for 20 years and lives a certain kind of life. Right. Right. Versus. Ray McKinnon, who is, is 14 years old perpetually. Right. Like, and, and obviously, and that's right. And that's, that's part of it. What I do love about the scene though, is it that, that sort of, you know, I mentioned levity, like Billy Bob seeking to achieve that penance or that redemption halfway through the fight. There are a few moments where, you know, in a very kind of, it felt very real in the way that like real fights do where it's like, if people don't actually really want to fight and someone might be a little cagey to like take the first swing, like Ray McKinnon's like doing a lot of showy stuff, but he's not really taking a swing or whatever. And yeah.
2: Billy Bob just jabs him in the
1: face and and takes him out. Right. But halfway through, and this is the crucial part of the scene and why it's amazing is he stops and Billy Bob's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to like let him, hit me well like, lisa blunt starts singing right yeah.
3: and it's the, it's like this implication right. of yeah right
2: and it's very cool hand luke and yes. it's over yeah. the exactly. top exactly exactly but, but until it gets over the top it's amazing no i, See, I like that i, I, like, know, that it gets over. Don't I like that I it I you don't know, like that works. That's, my, that's my description of this entire film until it gets over the top yeah. it's amazing see i don't know though i I like see uh, what
3: would you rather it have been i guess you would rather it Mm -hmm. have just been less i guess less than that or
2: huh that's that's a great question and i wish i had an answer prepared for it (laughs) can i I no just
3: because i think i get i guess i only ask it i only ask it because like i know what you mean and i don't even necessarily disagree with you though I think this movie is kind of promising that. Like, I think yeah. you're, Ray McKinnon is never saying to you like, "like we're in the shit and we're gonna stay." Like, I think there there is a lyricism from the beginning of this film that that is always there, right? So I think it's like that's th- there's always going to be an element of that, and, and you know the and even to the point where, and this is probably the sweatiest part. Of the whole movie which i liked but i imagine nicholas you probably didn't like is he's kind <laughs> of making art with the junk in lisa blunt's no i loved the it yard and I at the end it. of it was the movie very, it was very
2: um fucking uh, skinny legs and all
3: yeah and at the end of the movie what you realize is what it what he's made is essentially like a play set Right. For the son that they yes. lost. Yeah. Right. I and at the end it. of the movie, I, I
2: fucking loved it. What I are you talking it. about? That's yeah.
3: okay, so Well, I, good.
1: Well, good. I think well that's good. an and amazing. So the surrogate
3: daughter at the end is yeah. on the bike on the top. And I like, yes. I was like, I was like standing in my house. Bravo! I think that's <laughs> I an like, amazing yeah.
1: payoff. My only yeah. pro- my one qualm with the movie, because the one thing we didn't mention is throughout the movie uh, there. I don't know if he's the sheriff. He's just kind of a cop. <laughs> right. yeah. like I, I, I guess my, I just don't know what his like station is, you know. But he's like the one cop the, in yeah, town. Yeah, there's right? this like, like town. Uh... There's this like towny cop who clearly has eyes for Lisa Blunt. Has always maybe loved her, and and he he has his own daughter. His his wife, his wife has died, and he just kind of keeps checking in on her, make sure she's okay. And yes, I love this. He even has, he even has, he's kind of maybe sneakily like the most profound, lovely performance, profound performance performance in the movie. I, I love performances like this, but, um, he, you know, even when he pulls over Walton Goggins and, and Billy Bob Thornton and the other two jokers that they're with, like he lets them off very easily. And it's like, not even an issue. and, it's not because he's a dummy and doesn't know what's going on or doesn't know that they have a bunch of weed in the car. It's that he just he knows that Billy Bob Thornton just got he's kind. Out. He's kind. Yeah, he's a kind. He's, 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 he's kind. He's a yeah. sweet, kind man, right? Yeah. And um, and so yes, yeah, so there's this thing of of maybe him becoming a part of Lisa Blunt's life, and she kind of pushes it away. And then it sort of comes back to, to do the payoff that you just mentioned, the playset yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I don't like about the movie is there's like an intervening 10 minutes or so that I think hurries to that moment. And I think yeah,
3: the baby stealing yeah, thing. And I, and,
1: so basically, yeah. um, Joe disappears. Right. And he disappears for a year. Right, and this is after he's been set up, and the and the you know the law has caught up with him. He shoots Ray
3: McKinnon and Walton Goggins and stuff. Yeah,
1: and he comes back. He shoots Ray McKinnon and Walton Goggins. That's a fine little scene, I think. But it's like the idea is basically he's been like living in the woods for a year, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, there's just a time. I don't know. There's it's like t- ridiculous. It's, I'm, I'm with you. I'm I'm it's, yeah. I and I, I think the ends justify the means there. So I'm OK with it because I do think that payoff is wonderful. And I think where the movie lands is great. It is just a bummer because I do think that's where the movie should have its biggest oomph in terms of an emotional catharsis. And I think it hurries past it because. Yeah, I hear that. I be- hear that because Billy Bob, he steals this baby. Right. Like just a low, you know, you steal a local baby And he's in um, the woods, like, full yeah. on, like, I'm going to find him. He's got the levity wig back. <laughs> right. Um, it's, true. And, it's, it's true. It's true. It's
0: kind
3: of nuts. And, actually. And yeah. so he
1: steals this baby and he brings it to Lisa. Also, Buck Morgan Freeman is like a, in the background. so strange. Very I strange. Mean, <laughs> no, you don't need it. Uh, Dunst is there it. too. It's Doing a weird um, voice like this. <laughs> I, Morgan Freeman. Please, here's a question Is Morgan Freeman doing the Sling Blade voice? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so- yeah. Some yeah. folks call it a, a sling Blade. I call it a cosmic. Anyway, um, so slingblade blade, good movie. Hey, like, I say fucking it. love Sling blade. And, <laughs> controversial opinion. Uh, it's not. Um, I just
3: well the well. <laughs> it's not a controversial opinion though. I do think slingshot blade movies is
1: you forget because it's been I, well. Like, and I was going to yeah. say
3: I do think Sling blade is one of those movies people go back and are kind of like
1: ooh i don't know
3: you yeah, know like and then when you he's walk, doing the yeah. voice and i think it's like that's not right yeah. i think it's a good, very good movie yeah
1: but anyway it it he comes back he has stolen this baby he brings it to lisa blunt as this kind of like cathartic moment of actually coming to terms we didn't mention uh when the horrific car accident happens in the beginning of the film lisa blunt sees this sort of small boy in the woods and in this moment later in the film she and billy bob kind of reveal to each other because he sees a similar boy uh that he mentions you know he mentions it to her and she says yeah i saw that when the accident happened and it's uh, you know the idea of them seeing sort of their their son at an age that he would not have lived to and so it's this it is this lovely moment of connection i just think again the the way that it gets there the time jump it i i think there's a way to i don't know i think there's a way to get to that without skipping four episodes if that makes sense you know um no yeah and it's it's a bummer cuz i think the rest of the movie does feel
2: pretty elegant i guess is my there point there are things that don't make logical sense that make emotional sense yeah yeah and uh, i mean uh, bless ray mckinnon man seriously yeah, I don't know. very, make, very make, soulful
3: make, soulful artist make more things i, I don't know I, like, I, I, um, I, I don't know.
2: I, this made this movie made me want to see more ray mckinnon movies Well, yeah, that's the thing dude sure.
3: i'm telling you I, 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 I am going to watch that show rectify because rectify is his oh, it's show good. it's really good and it's it's he's coming back it's about a guy who gets it's got uh, Michael
2: Kenneth Williams in it. Yeah, it's prior, about a guy. You know, aw, RIP. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, it's about a guy
3: who. Um, um, it's about a guy who gets out of jail on like a technicality, essentially, uh-huh. yeah. and comes back home, and like that infects the town. Right? It's like it's a. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that show now that I've really kind of fallen in love with this movie. And I'll say this as somebody who aspires to make film and has made film and produces. Crystal is a movie. Um, like watching it i was like oh i'd like to make a movie like this right like it right. feels it,
2: it's the kind of movie that your investors will go never make a movie like well, this.
3: Yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> sure sure. but but you know what i mean nicholas like i was watching and i was like i was like fucking i love movies like this like i fucking
2: I, love
3: I movies like that yeah
2: I, I i loved crystal and cannot think of anybody outside maybe this conversation that i recommend it <laughs> to and that but that but that's sure. a, that's a legitimate that's a legitimate problem. Like, there are, I, yeah, there are would, movies that I would, I would recommend to... to many people yes. that I don't like. Yeah. And there are movies that I like that I don't recommend to many people. And this yeah. is that latter. Yeah. But, yeah, I think driving it
1: home. So we get back to Jane Mansfield's car, which the is the best
2: movie I watched in this whole yes. run.
1: I'm glad we're ending with it because I do think it's the best one probably oh wow you uh, both think it's the best yeah, that's interesting I,
2: well because i just I liked think it. i I, I, think, I liked it i think more I, it,
1: yeah. I, I think i was more intrigued by crystal like in ter- just in terms of i was more sort of enraptured with that probably movie. the probably the la- these last two are the best yeah, too, yeah. and right? i and i think jane mansfield's car though is like a top to toe like it formally works it it's it's just a a it's like the most technically proficient and emotionally satisfying at the same time movie that we talked about, I think.
2: This is my hidden gem I will be recommending to people for a decade. Yeah, it's it, it's a love fun movie. I love this nice. movie. Nice. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like
1: like we kind of talked about a little bit before, it basically involves two families coming together, not unlike daddy and them. Um Essentially, it takes place in 1969 in Alabama,
2: right? Sure, why not?
1: Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, sorry, but po- yeah, <laughs> Morrison, Alabama, and it it basically surrounds the Caldwell family, who's Robert Duvall is the patriarch, Billy Bob Thornton, Kevin Bacon, who is. So good in this movie. Bacon is great. Bacon is fucking movie, all cylinders in this movie. I I love, love Kevin me. Bacon. In this movie, it's it's the two of them, Robert Patrick, yeah, and uh, Catherine Linasa are the siblings. Yeah, yeah, and um, basically, it's all of them dealing. It's an anti-war movie. Is the cleanest easiest way I could describe it just in terms of it's it thematically. Right. But
2: it does share a lot of overlap with like Banshees of Inishirin.
1: Sure, sure, sure. And it's, I mean, but it's, it's like even more than that movie, like overtly, like each of these men, their relationship to America in wartime, how that has identified them in various ways in it. And basically just the quick breakdown is Billy Bob Thornton and Kevin Bacon fought in the Pacific theater Robert Duvall fought in World War I, um, and uh, Robert Patrick did not see combat, and he is sort of the most stern of all of them, but that's beca- making up for it's it. because yeah. of that chip on his shoulder, which it's I think is the most fascinating. Genius because
2: that That is the truest thing about our country right now, is that the people who have seen the least combat are the most combat aficionado. Sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That comes to play in this
1: movie too. So basically, their mother, who has left, who had left Robert Duvall and basically started another life overseas, has died. Right, and that's what brings them together. The other family is John Hurt, Francis o- John Hurt, is the patriarch, and then Francis O'Connor and Ray Stevenson are his children, and they all basically come together, sort of. Little dalliances happen. Francis O'Connor and and uh, and uh, BBT. Billy Bob, BBT. Thank you. And <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna forget uh, Catherine Lanasa again. And I keep I keep forgetting her name because I feel bad because I think she's very good in the movie. Um, her and Ray Stevenson kind of have a thing as well. And they're what they're half they're half siblings, right? So it's all right. Yeah, well, I think it doesn't I think, matter. I think in They're this yeah, older, I think in this it movie matter. it's not like a Family Stone scenario <laughs> where like it tries to give you the like, and the then they all got together stone. and lived happily, and you're like, well, no, that no. feels weird. What's
3: what no, but I, none of I, but it. But hang on, in the Family Stone, none of them are related, though.
1: No, they. They're, but they're like, no, but they're like. No, 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 no. They're in laws. They're in laws. I'm not law. saying, I'm not I'm saying just there's saying. a genetic problem with it. I'm just saying there's like a. I don't I'm know. I'm just like saying a, in this movie, it's a little weird that they are blood relatives. And just to be clear, Stevenson and Francis O'Connor are not their mother's children. They are John Hurt's children. And they are. You are her. getting way too deep into the weeds. I need for the listeners to know. No, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, no. That's no, what I'm okay. saying. So it's.
2: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, no, no. Yeah. no. Yes. I'm okay, just saying so everybody's not... in
1: the clear. Anybody can do anything that they yes, want. Yes, yes. Just yes. To No, no. Be clear.
2: No, thank you. <laughs> really? No, that's right. the thing that concerns you right no, here no, is no, whether just... they're blood relatives. Because this movie's <laughs> not, creepy as <laughs> fuck <laughs> and dirty as fuck. And you're like, oh, but they're not blood relatives. In other ways. It's a pretty crucial
1: detail. It is.
2: I think it is. I agree. But You're going to jerk off while somebody recites fucking Shakespeare to you. Wait, you. Billy Bob good performance yeah by it is no film. I
1: everyone I think this is this is you know it doesn't always happen with ensemble movies but when it does I think it's a gift but this is an ensemble movie where everybody shows up everybody's good um, I don't even yeah. have the greatest fondness For like Ray Stevenson I think he's great in this movie he, yeah, He's very. He, I don't
3: think I've ever seen him this good He's yeah. No
1: this might be his best performance And I think he's sort of the right, To your point Nicholas He's kind of the Robert Patrick counterpart In a way where he saw He saw yeah. combat but famously a of war. In a yeah. battle where they Surrendered and maybe Didn't need to and then he became a Prisoner of war and John Hurt who you know john it, it, i think more than anything the stars of the movie are hurt and Duvall, right because it does seem i disagree, see, disagree. I, Full disagree. I, I do think it's it's their movie at a core because it's that level i do love the thing i do kind of
3: nicolas larger point i do love the thing of like the the mom who has died left Duval and then like married the British Duval
2: right like right, I do right. like love <laughs> what well, yeah. right, so, so, so let me yeah. let me jump in here because yeah, I, yeah, go, I, go, I, go. I i get what connor's saying because yeah, yeah. hurt and duval as the two uh, Patriarchs, yeah. as the as the two widowers yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And their dichotomy is this is the linchpin that holds in the coming
1: together, together of that dichotomy, right? And like the common ground. Yeah.
2: yeah. The, and honestly, the scene where uh, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything, Duvall nah. is on LSD and yeah, th- yeah, he's sure. seeing Germans and wants to kill John Hurt. Is like the part where my heart leapt out of my throat watching this movie. Sure.
1: And I, I, I mean, we should yeah. also mention great they. I think the other reason I feel like it's their movie is because they also connect to the titular Jane Mansfield's car. Right. So,
3: uh, well, and actually let's just say, because actually a lot of people might not know this. So Jane Mansfield in the fifties and the sixties was a, um, uh, you'd say she was a B side, Marilyn Monroe, right back in the day when Marilyn was huge, there was a lot of not Maryland's who were, Also, not quite as huge, but huge right back then. Jane Mansfield was one of them. She started in many, like, you'd call them B-pictures, right? Like, mostly. And the thing about Jane Mansfield, sadly, is the thing that probably most people remember about her now is she got in a horrific car accident in which her car went under a truck. And quite famously, Jane Mansfield, as legend has it, was decapitated and killed and the car was obviously horribly destroyed and so in this the kind of like you know titular sequence of this movie is in this Alabama town at this local like event space they get Jane Mansfield's car and it's like <laughs> the, you know uh Duval and Hurt go to like see the car Duval's like very
1: excited about Duval, it Duval we should mention has a penchant for he he listens to a a ham radio yeah and he's an ex sheriff is that the thing what's his um
3: yeah, he like he 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 goes. He was. Does he have a connection, an police officer? Yeah, 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 yeah he because, like shows yeah. up at the crime scenes because he still has the the like the, the Like the, the like, yeah the, the radio to the like listen to police <laughs> chatter. Shows and you get the and they idea. Like him, they like let him investigate.
1: And you get the idea throughout the movie based on the way Bacon and Thornton and uh, Patrick talk about him that like this is a thing. That he has done for years is like he just like grabs his boys and he brings them to see these wrecks right and so it's this weird i what i love about this movie is it encapsulates you know some version not to say that everybody has these particular things but just the notion of like all the shit somebody will do to just work around the thing that they actually need to work around right And like I think that's why
2: it works really well. that's why I mean everything about Jane Mansfield as a B grade Marilyn Monroe sure yeah. and everything about her death as a a tragic accident, not a tragedy right, right. And everything about these people's lives, That is a B grade version of the thing it's supposed to be. Like, if you're in World War Two, you you fought the fucking Nazis, right? And all of a sudden, in this world, you are. Well, you know, you weren't World War One. You didn't see combat. You didn't do this. Everything about Jane Mansfield, as it relates to Marilyn Monroe, as the knockoff version, right, is what these characters are dealing with. But the and maybe the chip
1: on their shoulder. Yeah, the chip on their shoulder. Right. Resenting not being the iconic thing. Right. Not right. But but that's the
2: thing is just because the intimacy of it doesn't match the elevation of it, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: doesn't rob it of its meaning. And I think like Billy Bob Thornton, like, seriously, if if I watched all six of these movies and I came away with nothing else, there is the monologue in the woods between Billy mm. Bob Thornton and Francis O'Connor. That is the takeaway of all takeaways. I would recommend this to every acting student who has ever acted in every class and has ever been taught. Mm. Watch this monologue. It is exquisite. Mm -hmm. It is. Honestly, I watched 12 hours of movies prepping for this episode. (laughs) Mm. And those four minutes. Yeah. Made the other. Eleven hours and fifty six minutes worth it. You
1: you mm-hmm, mentioned mm-hmm. this when when I saw you the other day, Nicholas. That like, it feels like this was a thing that was constructed, and then a movie was worked backwards from the monologue, right? Like, and I'm not like mad how to, at that. No, no, no. And, like and, I and, should be, but I, I'm not. Yes, and I think more often than not, if that is true, right. Who knows if it is, but if it is, if it were to be true, more often than not, that would result in some kind of a fucking disaster. And instead there's, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a, a significant amount of emotional truth across a a lot of aspects of this movie that I don't, and, and just to be like, this is not a movie I'd like throw on just to be like, I'm going to fucking watch this thing. Right. It's not necessarily like riveting, but it is. Um, I you know it is kind of hypnotizing in certain moments, and and, and that, it is essentially yeah, Daddy
2: yeah. and them redone, yeah, it, with it the is. lessons yeah. of the other five movies learned, including yeah. the whole bit about like I'm obsessed with English people. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Sure,
2: because he walks up to Actually, Francis I didn't O'Connor. Even,
1: I didn't even think about that. You're totally
2: right. All right, so he spends that whole yeah. chunk in Daddy and them being like. D- do you look she's, at her? She like she just English. looks English. Like yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is, but she looks English. English he's got to me. like a
1: quiet kink that he's not telling anybody about. Basically, yeah, it's it's more layered than it feels in the moment, right? Like, because it's paid off in the in the monologue scene that you're discussing.
2: Yeah, it, it's paid yeah. off in the monologue scene and the scene where she's reciting like the Charge of the but Light I, Brigade. What I do
1: like about that whole dynamic is, at first, it just feels like pure kink, right? And, and 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 is revealed to be perhaps a kink that is motivated or developed by a significant you know uh, insecurity, let's say, or or what have you. And it's an interesting escalation, right? Because he basically says to uh, Francis O'Connor, who is like does a lot with a she's little. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's she also kind of like she directs now, I believe. Um, I think I mentioned that to you, Nicholas, but it. She kind of disappeared, and I think she's a really charming performer, and I would like to continue seeing yeah. her and things. But she's very good in this movie, and in that moment, what I do love is you don't – she's sort of unreadable, where he basically says to her, like, hey, we seem to be hitting it off. Um, w- would you mind if we just, like, went somewhere and you just – you know, we don't have to do anything, but, like, you just got naked – and recited things in your english accent and i just beat off i i just beat off to you right and that so that's the kink that we're that we're describing right and her reaction to it is a beautiful thing of like two things at the same time for a performer where you're like oh is she like completely repulsed by this or is she like kind of in into it and entertaining it and it turns out to be the latter because we get a a cut to it during sort of a montage later in the movie right and and she's exquisite and she's like fully and she's like fully committing to the bit right like fully committing in a way that i kind of like when you see it pay off in that montage you're like Oh, good for like both of them. I don't like. I don't like. There was kind of this like, and like, and, like when, when he does like, when he does
2: the big monologue when he does that. Yeah, watching her reaction to it is fully. Yeah, every like it's it's as equally as exquisite as what he's doing speaking it. Sure, and it's like both of them are incredible. well, it's equally
1: important, right? Like her reaction to the thing is
2: is crucial yes. to, to all of it. Yeah, and, and that and that's the thing is because he gets that like. As a director, obviously, I don't think he got it quite when he was making Daddy and them. But yeah. as a director, he got it when he was making this movie that her reaction to what he's doing is equally, if not more important than what he's saying. Like, you get it in the edit of what he did. You get it in the performance that he got, uh, you know, from both of them in that scene. It's it's really like it is a triumph. It is an achievement that makes every one of these other movies worthwhile. I think too. Um, and I want to get to the
1: end of the movie because we brought it up and it's worth talking about. I, I don't want to get, again, I don't want to get into specifics because I think listeners should watch the movie, but there is a catharsis to the end of this movie, particularly among the three brothers. Um, and it's lovely. And, and feels great. And like it's, it's then punctuated by something that I'm curious to know your guys' opinion on. Um, Because I think the way Billy Bob as director constructs these two scenes back to back is, is interesting. And I don't know if my instincts would have done the same thing, but I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting. But as we mentioned, it's a, it's, you know, explicitly at heart an anti-war movie insofar as it, you know, it examines just these different men and their different relationships to the great to trauma. The, the, the the trauma amidst the great wars in the face of Vietnam, right, is kind of uh, is kind of where where the movie is exists the, the plane in right, the movie exists because every
2: over. one of them is dealing with a different war yes. and then like oh. the beauty of the Jane Mansfield's car as a metaphor in the middle of it is that you don't have to be at war to fucking be decapitated. <laughs> well, sure, right, sure.
1: I I think more of it though to go back to your point about the iconography of it all is that it's in the face of Vietnam, right, which is this kind of ignominious war. Right when they are coming from these what are thought to be justified and necessary and like deeply American wars in terms of how they're entrenched in those are the Marilyn
2: Monroe of wars exactly exactly (laughs)
1: exactly and um and essentially you have the brothers kind of making amends in a very nice scene uh, that I think is really nice and I think Robert Patrick kind of gets his best payoff right um he's good in this yeah and although i do think i do think the he does a great job because he reads as so hyper masculine um <laughs> that 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 fe- it's it, it's it's bred with such tension that it feels like that can come from nothing but deep-seated insecurity right which i th- which i think is why it's it's good that it's Robert Patrick, but I did want to put a button yeah. on our on our Swayze comment before, because I do think Swayze would have brought something different, but equally interesting to a role like that, where I think Swayze would have really captured not maybe not dissimilarly to uh, to something like Donnie Darko, but the the nature of posturing uh in a, in a kind of bloviating way in the face
2: of deep-seated insecurity right it's I think, funny I think I, I, I picture Patrick Swayze taking over the Kevin Bacon role before the Robert Patrick interesting role. I Kevin
1: Bacon is like I think he's terrific he's I it feels obvious to say I don't know because it's Kevin Bacon I, whatever but it, yeah, this he's taken for granted it, often, yeah this yeah. is just one of those movies that reminds you that like we we love him we know him and we all love him and know him and whatever but every once in a while you like watch him in a thing and you're like Oh right, like, but he is maybe he's one great. of the, one yeah, of the he's, best. He's like, really just, great. Yeah.
2: No, when you see him in the following, you're like, oh fuck, I forgot that guy was right. really yeah, great. And the
3: epilogue, the epilogue scene in this movie is is, is amazing.
2: Yeah. I, I, the
3: I, last two scenes are like are incredible, the best shit and it's and, that and Billy Bob and, ever did. And the monologue, obviously, yeah. is a different
1: thing, but like, but, but just so the so second so much to there, yeah. last scene is the scene amongst the brothers, like I'm talking about. I love, yeah. sorry, I don't mean to keep belaboring it or dragging it out, but I do love they're like playing fake, they're playing like shadow baseball, basically. And uh, <laughs> because Billy Bob's pitching to Robert Patrick is they're kind of. You know, just they're all opening up and, and whatever. And so it's kind of nice. And so he's pitching to Robert Patrick as Kevin Bacon is just like standing there in a perfunctory way, sort of not holding like a real swinging, bat. But just no swinging, bat. but there's no Swinging, but there's no bat. And it's such a beautifully directed moment because you could just show me that scene and I know exactly which brother is which, like how he, it's so good and it's punctuated. And this is bacon being a fucking total pro where he's like, can I just, do we have to, can I stop standing here? Do we like, like, it's just this like beautiful, like almost middle. I, he might be the youngest. I don't know if they give the, but it's, it, it feels like a middle child thing almost like it feels like a, are we uh okay um but anyway so they have a great moment and then um and this goes back to the Jane Mansfield of it all and this is why it's a perfect way to end the movie um bacon is on his front porch with his son his son you you, you know you get the idea he had a son at a young age they're not they don't seem too distant in you know his his son is older his son's 18 and Uh, earlier in the movie there's a scene where his son's buddy bacon who i don't think we've said but is like vehemently anti-war has like long hair and a beard you know and his son is very much at least aesthetically kind of taken up that type of lifestyle as well his son's bandmate gets drafted and when they engage about it Bacon is like, oh, yeah, that's a real bummer. This is why you have to go to college, because I don't want you to get drafted, because you shouldn't have to fight in a war or whatever. Right. And his son gives a little bit of an inkling of like, it is kind of cool, though, thinking thinking of so-and-so, I can't remember his friend's name, but thinking of so-and-so as a soldier, right? And Bacon's like, no, 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 there's nothing cool about it. And that's the end of the scene, right? And it comes... No,
2: it, it, the, the son the son enlists.
1: Well, that's the end of the movie, right? So yeah. So... So... The last scene in the movie is the son saying, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I enlisted, right? Not even gets drafted, like, I enlisted. Like, I chose to do this. And Bacon doesn't even say anything, but he's clearly waiting for an explanation. And the son says, It just seemed kind of rock and roll, you know? And he describes the imagery, right? He's like, I saw these guys over there with their shirts off and their guns over their shoulders. And he's describing. You know, he's describing what America wanted the Marilyn Monroe of the Vietnam War to be, right? Like one
2: hundred percent. Like they've dressed her up to be a star, even though she and Jane Mansfield are indistinguishable. Exactly. And Bacon.
1: The last shot of the movie is Bacon just looking at him with total, just like the saddest thing in his life. Has just happened right and he you get the idea he's maybe not that active of a, of a parent, but the one avenue he was active in was absolutely 100 percent stopping this thing from happening. So you're just seeing like abject failure come across his face It's as, exquisite as he, as he struggles to just communicate to his son that they are the Jane Mansfield's right like it's not they're not Marilyn Monroe's and that's the way it all turns out for everybody anyway. Uh, that's our time. And,
2: uh, that's Jane Mansfield's car. It's a good movie. You should watch it. it, It's it's fantastic. Seriously. Like Jane Mansfield's car is worth every minute that we spent recording this. Every minute we spent watching it every minute they spent making those other movies. Jane Mansfield's car is amazing.
3: Yeah. And look, I mean, we, you said it before. That's the movie that Billy Bob came out of director's retirement, self-imposed to make. He was very, I think, happy with the final product. It was, I think, in, in an interview with the Guardian, he alluded it. I think he alluded to owing the producers the movie, but it was the movie he wanted to make. Like you said, Nicholas, it feels like kind of the mature version of Daddy and Them, with a little bit more kind of, you know, it's closer to Eugene O'Neill, closer to kind of a fully formed uh, picture. And then he directed. uh an episode. He directed the first episode, I believe, of the final season of Goliath, which I think premiered and was available. I think earlier this year, twenty twenty three, I believe. Um, and I don't
2: remember. It. Goliath is fantastic. Watch it if you have not.
3: Yeah, I really like Goliath. I have watched the first three seasons. I started watching season. I gotta four, watch it. Uh, I, to me, pre- it, it's a good show. It's it, a good show. Yeah, yeah, I don't
2: know. It.
1: I like law. Lo- I, I like. uh I mash it together with like a show like Bosch in yeah, my yeah, head like just it's better yeah. uh, but yeah. you know I, what i mean like I like just, it just feels like but, it's, goliath, yeah.
3: but, but goliath is like a really good weird show it's like definitely it has the billy bob stamp to it um nicholas tell us is there any other i guess tell us what you have going on in your life slash is there any other billy bob movies you want to just highlight as we begin to wrap up here uh. Um
2: well I just finished producing a movie for Boaz Yakin that I'm super proud of. Uh it's called Once Again for the Very First Time. It's about uh uh battle rap and uh street dance, and it's uh sort of a an aesthetic sequel to his movie Aviva. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's I think it's really beautiful. It might be the least commercial thing I've ever been involved with, and it's extraordinary. And I'm super proud of it. And um, it's hitting festivals later this year, and I hope everybody goes to see it. Um, it like I'm I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, and working with Boaz was terrific. Um, uh, in terms of other Billy Bob movies, first mm. of all, Bad Santa might be one of the funniest movies Great ever movie. made. Yeah. It's literally like both funny and moving. I I cannot recommend it enough. I cannot recommend it uh um I ca- I cannot unrecommend it enough if you are under a certain age like <laughs> it, it really is like it's it's a it's a movie that'll move you deeply and and make you cackle in between. And um
3: yeah. yeah, I was I was gonna say Billy Bob. One false move we mentioned. Love that. Love it. Yeah, that's um, that was gonna be mine. It.
1: That's I would that and Simple Plan. I would, Simple Plan. Yeah, he Simple has plan. one of
3: the most beautiful monologues. We, uh, I mean, I think me and Connor talk about it like every three weeks. The monologue where he's like, he's like, he's like, I know, even where he tells Bill Paxton he never yeah, had sex. At, at, yeah, he's at the, end like, of the movie. Yeah, well, the the- it's there's two right. The the one at the end where he's like. Kill me, Bill Paxton. My yeah. life doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, it that's going to help. It's everybody. like his
1: version of the John Turturro Miller's Crossing scene, almost.
3: But except it, it's, but it's but his except version of, of *Mice yeah. and Men*. Yeah,
1: except, <laughs> sure. But it, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's his lenny sure. moment,
3: yeah, right, yeah. right? Yeah, but 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 um. But the one before it in the car, where he tells Bill Paxton he's actually never had sex, yeah. And he's like, "There was that one time in high school, the girl pretended to date me on a bet." And but the, his takeaway was, "It was even though she was pretending, she was nice to me." So that was it's like the sad, yeah. like I weep, I weep when I watch that scene. He's incredible in that movie. No, I think anyway. But so, Simple Plan, and
1: then Connor. Was there anything else that you? No, I mean, I think, I think Simple Plan, one false move. I, I just, I cannot. I don't know. That movie. It's like, extraordinary. I watched it kind of later yeah. in life I will, and I can it I, sort can of I, changed can my, like I was like, oh, this is like
3: something else. Can I say else. the, I rewatched, uh, this is not a recommendation, but <laughs> I, I rewatched the Alamo, which is a, was a famous. De- yeah. We kind of skipped right over that one, but then, yeah. Hang on. Could have been, could have been a B side, right? It fam- was a famous debacle, yeah, right? Definitely. John Lee Hancock, uh, almost a, almost akin to All the Pretty Horses, like a movie that got just cut to pieces yeah. and the release was very kind of Davy flawed. Crockett? Yeah, but yeah. this is what I'm going to say. He's Davy Crockett in it. And I will say the thing that's such a bummer about that movie is what's really cool about where you can see what they wanted to do is, you know, the Alamo...
1: Doesn't all, have a basement.
3: The, the Alamo is such a it every part of that history is so american right yeah, in that right. it's like it was such a debacle it frankly it was like a bunch of idiots making 45 mistakes and then like dying in vain glory and now like we all are like wasn't that pretty great and it's like not really right but but what i like about the movie is the movie's kind of trying to tread in that territory. It's like trying
1: to dispel the
3: myth
2: a little well, bit. Well, or like, well,
3: because what's what's crazy about and the true story is Davy Crockett died at the Alamo. Jim Bowie died at the Alamo, right? Like these were like living legends in real life who like, you know, the you know the Bowie knife, the Crockett, you know, the sharpshooter thing, the hat, all the fucking thing. In the movie there's this ongoing thing of like though these men Jason Patrick and uh and uh Billy Bob like cannot live up to these legends right and there is a, the better movie that didn't come out is like
1: really examining it and and billy bob is he's almost good. like an assassination of jesse james style take on right. those it's, it's, it's almost on like those billy guys. bob is
2: doing the assassination of jesse kind of. james it's kind in of the yeah. middle like of a movie that is like, not doing the movie falls apart
3: the movie falls apart but there's this it's amazing moment movie. there's this amazing moment where billy bob is like he's he's there and they they think it's all over right and the mexican you know army is kind of gone and they think whatever they're like regrouping and so billy bob is like putting on his celebrity hat and like kind of re- you know giving the troops a show and then like somebody makes mention of like there might be more fighting uh. and billy bob like turns to like you know uh, uh what's his name patrick wilson plays william travis who's like another kind of famous lawyer who became the leader of the album anyway and he and he looks at him and he's like he's like but the fighting's over right and you can like see the fear where like he breaks his davy crockett character and he like has a glint of like he has like a smile and it's really good and it's like man this could have been a great fucking movie and it wasn't it's a shame but um well nicholas great to have you as always yeah, um, we
2: ran fucking three we hours. We kept it so. short. No, we kept it really short. Yeah, we as kept
3: it really. as we do. <laughs>
1: as we do. No, there'll be a. It's one hour for every part of his name, like we talked about. Um Billy Bob, Bob
2: Thornton. Thornton. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, he William deserves. Robert he deserves multiple. <laughs> he William, Robert yeah. William
3: Robert Thornton. William um, Robert Thornton. Connor take us out dude dude uh yeah no up. you
1: can, thank you for listening you can find this podcast uh, on Twitter and Facebook and letterbox at TFS b-side if you like what you've heard please do rate review and subscribe we greatly appreciate it Um, after this we have fun ones coming up we'll have one uh, about the b-sides of Orlando Bloom uh, following that up with the b-sides of Tilda Swinton thank you all for listening uh, and thank you Nicholas for coming back and we love your wild card pick of Billy Bob Thornton I really do appreciate it because it might be an a-side but some folks call it a B-side. Oh my God, That was the worst
3: one you've ever done. I' love it and now you're to the B- side.